you know, here. What's up? I was thinking about something. What were you thinking about, bro? I was thinking about what's going on in the earth, right? What's happening in our minds? Yeah. Um, and I wondered, why does it matter? We're about to find out. <laughs> Holy find shit. Out. Ready? Ready. Let's get it. Welcome to Earth, Mind, and Matter. He said, fuck it. Let's talk about albums. He said, let's talk about some movies and some fucking comics. This week in the universe, across the internet. So what's up, Javi? What's going on, Frankie? Hey. Oh, my God. Hey, yo, we're back. Why does it feel like it's been like forever? I don't know, bro. I have no idea, but um, that's how time works, you know? When if time flies when you're having fun, I, yeah. I guess we were not having fun. We were not having fun. <laughs> this shit that, is trash. Because when we're doing this, uh, I have fun. You're right. And then and then the second we're not doing this, all I do is I just sit on the couch and stare at the wall all day. Yeah, man. That's all I do really, to be honest, as well. Like I don't I don't do anything like, else except this, you know? Like it's it's pretty boring. <laughs> it's pretty fucking boring. But anyways. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Holy shit. I, I didn't even realize. I, just, I, knew, I knew earlier we said Betty White. Rest in peace to her too. But seriously, rest in peace to Bob Saget, his nose, and yeah, all that stuff, man. I knew him personally from How I Met Your Mother. I didn't know him personally, but I know him on TV. So. Oh, you didn't know him personally? Not wow. like, no, I don't call it. <laughs> Yikes. No, I was, uh, I was a huge fan of Bob Saget, like from Full House. Mostly Full House, I would say, but just later on in his life. I started watching a little more interviews about him. And from the feedback I heard like other comedians say like about him is that he was super kind, super sweet, but he had a dark, twisted sense of humor. We were watching uh, a little bit earlier. It didn't seem like it, yeah. but he had some really weird jokes. Okay. And um, yeah, man, rest in peace to him and whoever's going to die later on too because <laughs> preemptive rest in pieces. But, you know, and imagine if we do a rest in peace every episode, that'd be pretty wild. Literally, we can because people are always dying, <laughs> but maybe not to the extent of fame, famous people. Maybe later on, just strangers, you know, if you wanted to. A weekly obituary. <laughs> oh, but, but once again, once again, here we are going on talking about what's happening in the earth in our minds. And here's why it matters. Oh, yeah, we back. It's earth, mind, and matter. Yeah, man. Ooh. So how you doing? How's everything? How are you going? How's your life? You know, What's up? you know, I just just recently battled a bit of COVID myself, but but a little now, bit of the kung flu. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a bit of the ick. Oh man, how was your yeah. experience with COVID? You okay? I had the suds. It was it was it was okay. <laughs> yeah, it man. was you know it, it, I had mild symptoms, so pretty pretty okay. Nice. Just I, chilled for the most part. I had some COVID not too long ago myself, honestly speaking. And did uh, you get served on a platter? Yeah, basically. Nice. <laughs> I just, I just felt kind of sick, mucusy, all that shit. But, but whatever. Muc-a-see. I feel like mucusy, mucusy, mucusy. But I feel better now. I mean, fuck it. I mean, obviously people died and shit, but, but people are getting better over it every now and then. Except the yeah. immunocompromised people. But we're not going down that route today. <laughs> today we're back here, back to the podcast. I've been excited to be here for a while. And it's funny that you say that we're not going down that route because this week I said. We're not going to talk about COVID. Nice. This week, we're going to talk about anything but COVID. Let's do that because fuck that. I know everybody's sick and tired of hearing about that shit. And there's plenty of shit to talk about concerning it. But yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, this is the time to like get away from all that. This is the time to just, you know, 
we're not going to talk about it every week. We're nice. the news, but <laughs> let's 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 be fun. A let's little be bit. ourselves. Yeah. All right. So for the topic today, uh, I got I got a few things. What's up? I, I want to talk about the Microsoft acquis- acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Okay, I heard about that. And that's kind of a twofer because I want to talk about also all the sexual allegations and misconducts that have been going on in Activision Blizzard for the better part of a year now. Oh, shit. And I just think of Bill Gates immediately. <laughs> so I, I hope it's not Bill Gates. But, no. Um, all right. Then. <laughs> I want to talk about those two things. I want to talk about a hospital in, in Colorado that now has tap rooms in the, in the delivery rooms. So you can drink a beer with your newborn baby. What the fuck? <laughs> We're <in> Ireland. <laughs> no, I said Colorado, but God damn, what the fuck? All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that. And then, and then I want to end it with with a little bit of a, of a of a story time. Oh, nice story time, nice. Pavi. Oh shit, okay. Because I I was looking for a lot of lot of news topics, and there wasn't anything too spicy, and I didn't want to talk about COVID again. Gotcha. And I said, fuck it. I'm just gonna talk about something that that I've experienced. You said out of seven billion people on earth, let's talk about me. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Though. I want to hear. I want to hear what you want to say. Cause, um, this I don't know how many stories I've heard from your like life, but I want to hear it now, man. If it's on Earthbound and Man, I want to see what you're talking about. So, let's get it started, man. Let's fucking do it. All right, all right. So, first thing, Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard. Okay. This is now the biggest video game acquisition in history. What was the second biggest? Do you remember or do you know? The second biggest was uh um a comp uh it wasn't a chinese company i forget what company it was for but mm. it was about i want to say 20 billion something about somewhere around there it was wuhan's covid accusation of the usa <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that was that had to be the second <laughs> all right but yeah because i don't know shit about that but i've I seen posts and everything and and I hear Blizzard and Microsoft, and I, I, for me, if you would ask me, I would have thought they were already in cahoots. So this is news to me, and I've seen people saying that it's going to change everything, revolutionize everything. And I mean, we just finished playing a VR game, right? <laughs> yeah. And that shit was mind blowing to me. I, I've seen footage of VR on YouTube, but to actually experience it for the first time was mind blowing, man. And so this is interesting to me, and I feel like it's going to affect the gaming world, you know, forever. You know, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And just talking about. You know, we're at this point, we're almost a gaming news channel to, to an you extent. Know, get good, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what that means, I don't know what that shit meant earlier, too. But if you game, I thought it was a- so funny that you didn't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah, he wanted we wanted to call this podcast Get Good or something. I, I want to say it should be called Earth Mind and Get Good. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I mean, if it works, <laughs> if, if it helps the algorithm, <laughs> but I had no idea what the fuck that meant. But explain to the people because some people don't know what that shit means. So, now that I do, but listen, you- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it to you very slowly because it's pretty self-explanatory. Get good. <laughs> See, I'm somebody that reads into it, so I'm like, if it's simple, it has to be more extraordinary than it really is. It's as simple as that. I just get better. Get good, kid. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so. Before we talk about the actual acquisition, I want to talk about why this is such a big deal. Okay. Because despite the fact that it just made history and, and whatnot, and this is has a lot of implications for the future, mm-hmm. 
What's happening now in the present is that Blizzard and Activision has been hit with lawsuit after lawsuit about about a lot of things that are going on in their workplace. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, if you worked at Activision Blizzard, you're working at a frat like house like environment. Okay, it's very bad over there. Where is it exactly? Do you know? They're based in Santa Monica. California? Yes. Yeah, I just got back from there. (laughs) Should have visited. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm waiting for some accusation. So, so just to throw some facts at you. Okay. Back in July of last year, Mm -hmm. 2021, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing uh, hit them with hit them with a lawsuit, okay. and then they got hit with another lawsuit in September from the U.S. Secu- uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, and all of this was following multiple allegations of sexual harassment, discrimination, gender pay discrimination, and workplace misconduct. Okay, and pretty much the staff have filed complaints that the company you that the company used intimidation and coercive tactics to stifle staff to improve working conditions. Okay. That's so interesting. They didn't want things to get better, but even though they were being hit with lawsuits, they were still telling their employees to basically fuck off almost. Mm. And, uh, some of these allegations are directed at the CEO of the company, Bobby Kodak. Okay. And Activision has said that, the zero tolerance policy of serious workplace misconduct doesn't apply to the CEO because there's no evidence of any of these allegations against him. Mm, that sounds but, very Epstein-y, you know, very yes. you know, Glenn Maxwell-y, you yep. know, okay. And to, to show how bad these allegations go, mm. there's a, a female uh, co-worker, a female employee that committed suicide oh allegedly God. due to the sexual harassment that was being committed at work. Jesus Christ. Okay. And the just an example of that, there was a nude photo of her being passed around at a holiday party. Like physically or digitally? Uh, I, I believe physically. Okay. That that's kind of that's fucking crazy. See now everything was like, all right, this is news news. And that shit kind of got really real real quick. So she Damn. she was in a relationship with a male supervisor and within I, the company within the company. Okay, and you know I how guess, old she was? Uh, I don't know how old she was. Right. I I don't think uh, I couldn't find her age anywhere. Gotcha. Um, I, no one really wants to say her name. That I couldn't find her name. Anywhere. Say her name. <laughs> say her name. I'm joking. But, but um, uh, yeah, they. And something that I found as well is that there's only twenty only twenty percent of all employees are women at Activision Blizzard. Mm. So there's not a lot of women working there. Got you. Now, now this is getting more like I know I was getting real earlier, but now I'm starting to see like this dark shadow over this big company because Activision fucked with Call of Duty Four, right, or something like that. So I'll tell you, Activision uh-huh. Blizzard they're they're responsible for Overwatch, Diablo, mm. Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, Starcraft, Candy Crush. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. I just didn't expect that. That shit was yep. like, you know, NASCAR, football. They, they you know, own King. Sewing. <laughs> they own King. And King is the... What's King? King is the, the company that does Candy Crush and all those mobile games like okay. that and stuff. I mean, I know it's a moneymaker. It's just such an outlier compared to the games. Jesus Christ. But yeah. but again, now, like in all seriousness, that sounds kind of crazy because um, earlier I just wanted to ask, like, you said they didn't want to, like, interfere. They didn't want to, how can I say work with the people that are doing giving these accusations because they wanted to keep things going the way they are 
what to produce the same results in terms of gaming or what? I mean, they just like the workplace that they're in. It, okay. They like that toxicity. It's just they. Oh, so they don't mind that this is going on. It's not really about what they produce. It's more so just like we like this environment. We like yeah. this life lifestyle, work style. Pretty much. Okay, that's that's intense. And what's crazy is because. The CEO, Bobby Kotick, again, this guy has some balls because mm. uh, 2,000 employees called for for his resignation. And wow. he still said, nope. How many employees overall do you know? Uh, I don't know overall. But 2,000 is still a shitload of employees. So the, the And just recently, a few weeks ago, there was a, a walkout from a bunch of employees mm. calling for the resignation of Bobby Kotick again. Okay. So it's it's a pretty big thing. They... People don't like him, and mm -hmm. people don't want him to be there. Is it Kodik spelled K-O-D-I-K? K-O-T-I-C-K. T-I-C-K. Kodik, some shit like that. Okay. Damn, bro. This guy has some balls, you know, to be doing all that shit. Yeah. Even though that's not the most appropriate thing to say. Yeah, he sent he sent a letter to, after after these 2,000 employees called for his resignation, he sent a memo out just basically saying about how he wasn't going to step down and, like, that they're working to do what they can towards these allegations and whatever the case is and just corporate, corporate talk. Mm -hmm. And the guy has some real balls. And so this is why this acquisition is such a big deal. Yeah. And this is why this story is almost a twofer because I'm sure a lot of you people out there are probably like, holy shit, I never knew this about yeah. Activision, Blizzard. They're just the excited guy. about the you know, coming together of both companies and stuff rather yep. than hearing about the details, which is most companies that are major, like behind the scenes doesn't really matter as long as you get the product that you want and are excited for. Yeah. Yeah. And like Apple with their phones and little kids making them in shit places. <laughs> and shit. Like, for real, you know, we, we yeah. use the best technology, but we forget where the source is from, from fucking little hands that can, you know, little fuck with the little pieces. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's who like you the Rick and Morty shit? bit. <laughs> little pants. <laughs> yeah. And, and we don't think about it enough. We don't, little hands. we don't think about it enough <laughs> that, that this is the source of where we come from. But I, I genuinely did not expect that at all. So so this lady, she killed herself after... Not only, I'm sure it was more than just her nudes being passed around uh, from a party and stuff. I'm sure she endured much more, you know, harsher things. And, and it's not probably not just her. And yeah. and the thing is that, like, I know they say believe on women. And, you know, I'm a little back and forth with that because not everybody's telling the truth, you know, in some scenarios. Not to, you know not believe all women but you you should at this point because in the scenario where there's 20 percent women in the workplace compared like to the whole entire company it's kind of crazy you know you go into work every day with a bunch of animals you know and <laughs> yeah. realistically especially with the workplace environment depicted as that and all you're trying to do is work with the games and whatever you do publishing and stuff so i mean that's really intense it is. It's it's pretty intense. And you might be wondering to yourself, wow, I never knew that. I don't like that. Mm. How can I not support this company? It's kind of simple. Don't buy the new Call of Duty every year. Not everybody <laughs> just tuned out. <laughs> They're like, right? fuck that. I, I love Call of Duty. I know that no. it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. But it, those numbers reflect. You can vote with your wallet. That's it's true. It's that's true and it's been done before in gaming it mm -hmm. can be done again but true what's true. interesting is that we might not need to worry too much about this anymore because of this acquisition of of by microsoft really because microsoft has been on the up and up of just scooping up companies and developers and stuff and just putting them under the xbox name mm -hmm. the first time they did it they bought mojang mm -hmm. 
for a fuck ton of money. I forget the exact number, but it was in the billions for sure. And then they recently bought Bethesda for about like eight billion. Okay, and that that was a big deal because that that made number four of biggest video game acquisitions. Okay, but now they hit number one for buying. Activision Blizzard for sixty eight billion dollars. Jesus fucking Christ, that's a lot of fucking money. But but are you saying that once they buy Blizzard, right, they can kind of dethrone this Poltergeist guy and get rid of his position? That so there's no words, uh, mm-hmm. there's no word yet on what they're doing exactly. But the rumor is that is that Kodak is going to step down. Kodak. He's no longer no longer going to be the CEO of but, the company. But what I see the flowing is that where's the accountability? You feel me? Because it's one thing to get rid of somebody's job, but if he's done this much and let this much pass by and all he does is get his job removed, his job title removed, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff he should face accountability for, right? Like the True. Law, and I feel like it just, it, that's that's where the shitty part of it all lies within, that we can boycott the games, we can boycott this and that, but if there's no accountability, there's no justice. If there's no justice, there's no influence. Yeah. Just like many cases, it's like... um. I know Bill Cosby's not the best person to bring up because he's technically he's innocent. Technically, technically, don't shit your pants, you know. Because the court of law. I mean, we all rely on the justice system. I wasn't system. drinking my beer. I would <laughs> fucking. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like we we rely on the justice system to depict these people as guilty or not. And in the long run, I mean, whether it's lawyers with money or the truth, he wasn't found um, guilty. And so I'm not. I don't have an opinion on that shit, honestly speaking. But when it comes to the Coltic guy, yeah, you sure about that, Frankie? <laughs> huh? I'm gonna hide my Bill Cosby tattoo. <laughs> no, but with the uh, Coltic guy, I think it's important to see that it's not enough just for him to, you know, okay, I don't work for this company no more. Let me go to my vacation home and possibly dip my toes in another company who doesn't really care about. Like they'll just put me in a position where I won't be publicly known, and then even if they write about me, people will forget in about a week. So I think. That's where, like, my biggest, like, you know, spiel about the whole thing is, like, the accountability is more important than the removing of the position, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we don't don't know what's ever going to happen with that because these allegations and these lawsuits are still standing. Yeah. So, maybe we'll see an update on those. And, hey, if we do, we'll fucking, we'll we'll put an update on that. (laughs) That'd be awesome because I don't really give a fuck in terms of these situations. And the reason I say that is because... Motherfuckers with money are going to use their money to overpower real justice. But I guess that just didn't come out. Because right. <laughs> it kind of sounds like I said, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know? But what, I, what I'm really trying to say is that um, it it's going to be really hard to see justice. It's like if Jess Bezos did some crazy shit, right? And we're all like, is he really going to go to jail? You know, and, and of all the billionaires and senators and politicians that have done dirty... Uh, Epstein is the few of the one of the many that you know, quote unquote, uh, killed himself. And uh-huh. we see Ghislaine Maxwell going to jail. But how many other people are on that list of names that were mentioned during that trial who's not being held accountable? We have Prince Andrew coming next. And apparently, there was a couple other politicians who had to step down throughout that whole time. Okay. But I think I still think that we're not made aware of what's happening, we're still being lied to. And like, I was watching Narcos. I like that show. I know you. <laughs> and and one of the things I wanted to bring how many up times is, have you have you rewatched it? <laughs> Two. Uh, and, okay, I thought it'd be more. <laughs> and the one thing I wanted to bring up is that Pablo Escobar was shipping so much 
cocaine to the U.S., right? So much, like shitloads, where he would say, or the narrator would say, they he would allow the DEA to seize, let's, you know, just random throw a number, 60 pounds of cocaine, right? But while he allowed them to find those 60 pounds, they were proud of themselves. But in the meantime, 7,000 pounds were getting through. You get me? Okay. It was like one of those things where let's let the DEA just feel like they're doing something. And they did feel like they were doing something. And let's let the rest of it go. And we're going to profit regardless. That's how I feel with like Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and not like the whole other bunch of creatures that are really, you know, laying their claws into real people, real people's lives. Because we, we look at the trial and that's a momentary thing, but they have to live for the rest of their lives with that. And unfortunately, the lady who uh, not she killed herself or yes, yeah, she's not living anymore, but her parents and her relatives, they have to live with that. So I don't think they'd be content with this cultic guy just leaving or but no, we'll see what happens, you know, so I mean, we'll see. That's a very, very interesting thing. I, I really did not expect that shit to go there. You kind of caught me off my fucking, <laughs> <laughs> but I like it, though, because that was interesting as shit. You didn't think gaming was about to get dark. <laughs> I just want to press some buttons and shoot some people virtually. But God <laughs> damn, shit got deep real and quick. And, you know, it, there, there's a lot to talk about the gaming industry and the dark side of it, because there's a there's such thing as crunch. I don't know if you've heard of this. Crunch, where, crunch. Is that like, uh, no, I'm thinking about like. Crunchyroll, the anime stuff. <laughs> what is crunch? Crunch in the gaming industry, or just in general in any work the gym? place, is no, not I'm the gym. You, <laughs> not the gym. Fuck you. <laughs> it's on both. But uh, in crunch, in like, uh, especially in the video game industry, is just when you overwork yourself for the company. Okay. So, like in the video game industry, it's very common to work, say, like eighty-hour weeks. Yeah. And you see that a lot in the video game industry. Yeah. And like, for example, in Rockstar, like uh, the writers at Rockstar for Red Dead 2, mm -hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, had about 100 hour weeks sometimes. Wow, man. And, and I feel like we look at people who sit at desks, if, even if they work like, let's say, 60 hours, we don't think it's as harsh as a construction worker who works 60 hours, which, of course, the physical demanding part of it is completely different. Like you can't say that somebody sitting at a desk is lifting the same as a person at a computer. Yeah. Or as a construction, I'm sorry. But it is straining mentally and you have a you have a whole life to live on your own. And I mean you're probably not you're not eating correctly. You're probably you're staring at a screen all day. You're in this building. You can't you can't replicate outside. Yeah. And even if you're wearing a VR headset, that seems super dope. <laughs> so I think that's that's really crucial. No human being should be working hundred hours a week. No. Unless you're like Elon Musk or some shit. And even then, it's just not natural. It's not a natural thing to be doing. So, you shouldn't be doing. And so it's really interesting because there, these are things that people don't really think about when it comes to video games. Yeah. They just, they see them come out and they're like, oh, nice, sweet, mm -hmm. a new game. And oh, there's so many games. Oh, my God. We don't need to have these many games. How many games do you have in your backlog that you haven't finished yet? James. Yeah, <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> no, you're right, but... I also feel that video games are, I mean, they're not underappreciated, but I think they're overlooked by the community that isn't part of gaming. You know, like people will cherish music and movies on, on an all-around basis. Like you'll talk about The Godfather and somebody who doesn't care about movies won't be like, oh, well, that's a classic. I know that. Yeah. You know, but you can say Call of Duty 4 was such the, one of the best online multiplayer ever. And if you're enthusiasts of art and movies you'll be like man fuck video games i don't really man, care you fucking nerd <laughs> yeah you know like but i felt a whole generation was influenced uh through that uh, through that game 
I made friends through Call of Duty. Bro, I had some of the best chats, memories, laughs, moments. Shout out to all the friends that you made online that you don't talk to anymore. Yeah, man. Rest in peace to those guys. (laughs) Shout out to David. David, man. And and everybody. Because, I mean, those games were really fun. And it was really a a shift in how you communicated in general, you know, through a headset. I mean, I really remember laughing my ass off through those headsets. But I also remember myself just sitting there for hours and hours and hours just staring at a screen but nowadays people are paid to play video games yeah i remember i saw that story about some kid who won millions of dollars or something off the i don't know what game it was but it was esports okay and now that's a realistic thing to achieve now kids are making guap off you know <laughs> video games pressing buttons and fucking charles is working at a construction site over there being like fuck this kid <laughs> you know like I, I wish i wish i could have played that but my dad told me no don't do that shit bro because they don't get you nowhere <laughs> you know and we're living in a generation today where you, you can literally do more at the very least not that all people should just give up their livelihoods to play video games hey hey Earth, Mind, and Matter gaming channel. Yeah, we could do that shit too, man. But I'm, I'm all right now. I'm pretty trash at this moment. <laughs> so I'll be the highlight of the channel. But but it's like, it's one of those things where, um, like, chess is a sport. Yeah. Right? Which is crazy if you're like, wait, so you can be a basketball player that dunks, runs back and forth, suicides, you know, blah, 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 sweating. And this motherfucker lifts a uh, 16th of a pound piece. And it's like, woo! <laughs> man, I'm an athlete, you know? Oh, my God! <laughs> But, I almost cracked the nail. Yeah, man. <laughs> but chess is super difficult. Super difficult. And I'm not undermining chess. I think it's a great, quote unquote, sport. But it's more of a straining, straining on the brain, right? Yeah. It's more straining on the brain. And I think the same way you draw up a football play is the same way you draw a puzzle in chess, right? Future pieces and stuff. And I just think video games are going to, you know reach a whole new level in the future, especially with VR. You know, I have this, I have this feeling in the future that all retirement homes in the future will be just old people sitting in a big auditorium with VR headsets <laughs> and catheters and, you know, like shit, places of shit where they don't have to clean themselves. Because why the fuck you want to be 80 years old play, play, playing bingo in the hall, you know, where you can... Because bingo's fucking lit. <laughs> it's pretty fun. But not like every day, you know, like we, we when you watch nah, movies. Bingo is fucking lit. <laughs> when you watch movies, you get that one scene of bingo, right? And it's like, oh, that's one scene. Ha ha ha. But imagine day after day or Friday after Friday. Now you can't eliminate human interaction, right? But imagine you're on the VR headset with your old friend that's 80 to your right, right? And you guys are in Venice, walking around in Venice. <laughs> you ever heard that story of that video? Of two old people playing Assassin's Creed to walk around Italy. No, isn't that amazing? <laughs> isn't that a, they? They so an old couple were were playing Assassin's Creed to walk around Italy, just to see what it was like in Italy. That's hilarious. Yeah, man. What the hell? So I really think in the future, retirement homes are gonna be people, old people with VR headsets, living how they would when they were younger. You know, I I seen that uh, a farmer or just in general, farmers have put on VR headsets on their cows before. Wow, that's when, crazy to me. When, Holy shit. Like, dur- during the winter when they can't have their cows outside, oh, they'll man. put VR headsets on the cows inside to make them feel like they're outside. Bro, that just fucking tripped up my whole mind because... Because they must have been like, oh, this is awesome, bro. And, <laughs> but then you can't... You can't... How do you really look at how a cow thinks with VR... 
You know, like, do you think they can tell? I don't know. Do you think they can tell grass, like not real grass? Like, what if they replicate the environment to, for them to feel like they're on grass while they're experiencing VR? Because they're less intelligent, you know? I mean, cows just kind of stand around all day. It's like, yeah. they, they don't really need much else, I feel like. I mean, I guess we say the same thing about old people. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, like they kind of just. Are you calling my grandma a cow? <laughs> <laughs> what, are <you> just... <laughs> what are you trying to say, Frankie? <laughs> That's the funniest shit I ever heard you say, bro. You call my grandma a cow. I guess I am. I guess I am. Because <laughs> if they stand it all day, I bet your grandma sits all day. So if anything, she's less than a cow, bitch. <laughs> she's she is what she is. That's funny. Um, I just think we're going to a whole generation. I have this idea also where I know we are, this is the beehole right here. Uh, I know that I also think, well, with people with disabilities and stuff who can't walk or run or, you know, or use their arms. It would, I mean, the, what are the limbs, the prosthetic limbs? They're advancing much more now. Yeah. But I also feel like if a baby is, I mean, what do you think about this? This is kind of harsh, but somebody who's like mentally challenged, you know, I don't want to use the R word because people shit their pants nowadays when they hear <laughs> anything that they think is incorrect. But you know what I'm talking about, you know, mental retardation, which is a real thing, right? Mentally challenged people or autistic people. I don't know. Um, I can't speak for how people who um, are diagnosed with that see, but it also is interesting that the way maybe they can see how we do you know, or configure your brain as we do with technology. And how else can you look at that as? A blind person seeing again because of technology. A deaf person hearing again because of technology. Oh my God. You know, that just... Can I just say, say this? It. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil a movie right now. Damn, but, bro! What movie? I just watched this movie the other day. Which it's movie? called The Sound of Metal. Not the Sound of Silence. Nah, <laughs> um, I don't know what that is. But okay. it's funny that you say that mm -hmm. because this movie is is about a metal drummer who loses his sound in, in its wow. ears, okay. so he can't hear anymore. So mm -hmm. he becomes deaf. And he ends up paying for a surgery to try and gain his hearing back. But when he gets it back, it doesn't sound the same. You can't replicate it. You can't replicate it. That's that's even more and depressing than not being able to hear in the first. And when place. you when you hear it in the movie, it's it hits you, and you're like, oh. They captured the sound man. exactly how he would, right? Yeah, and you're like, oh no. Wow, man. It was it was uh no nah, that that was super powerful. I I mean you. You know, to to kind of, to kind of loop all of this back, I can say that with Xbox, they try a lot to include people in in the world of gaming. They have an uh, an adaptive controller. I don't know if you've ever seen this. What is that? It's it's a big block with two big circle pads and a bunch of three point five millimeter jacks on it, mm -hmm. where you can plug whatever you want into it to turn it into a button, and every jack is set to a different button on the Xbox controller. Okay. So people who are disabled can make their own controller that are the most comfortable for them to game. And interesting. And it works. People people actually game with this. Yeah. It's it's very uh it's very successful from what from what people say about it and it's very nice that Xbox does that. It's beautiful and and I've seen several videos of this guy who's um I would say like experiences dwarfism who's been able to, and his hands aren't working as well and all that stuff. And he's one of the best Street Fighter players in the world. I'm going to just say that because I don't know if that's true. But he plays Street Fighter really well, but he plays in a... You know how people play with the claw? Uh -huh. uh, for people that don't know, like imagine any controller, any video game controller, you hold two hands that have like joysticks and buttons. There's a certain method of playing where 
it's just unorthodox. Like if you look at somebody playing like that, it's like although they must be so uncomfortable because their hands are configured in such a manner where, you know, if you look up on Google the claw gaming style, it's the only way I can really describe it. But this person who experiences dwarfism and I don't think can really walk that well and has a high pitched voice. He plays Street Fighter with that style, and he's been in competitions and he's a is a YouTube icon to people. And oh, wow! Yeah, and and I just think that. I mean, I don't undermine anybody for anything, you know, like people who experience any type of disability, like they're living their own lives just like I am, you know, where yeah. nobody's better than one another because of this or that. Like I never have that mindset, but I think it's amazing that for the average Joe, you know, we will kind of live our lives in any sense of interference. We're like, ah, I guess I just won't do it. But somebody who can't walk would be like, yo, man, I'm going to work my ass off to walk one day again. Yeah. Or, or, or I can't do this. I'm going to fucking do anything I can every fucking day so I can do it again. And they do. And I think adversity really brings out people. And I don't think it's fair to say that people need to have the harshest things to happen to them to be their best they can be. But sometimes there's a point to be made there in those scenarios that people who face tough conditions rise above. Yeah. A lot of people interpret that as all oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I think it just varies by the individual and the resources around them. True. Because that's very crucial to the whole idea of everything. But why the fuck did we get to this section? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. We shit got pretty heavy. I, I do want to say one last thing because, I mean, we could talk about this the whole time. It's fucking Earth, my matter. We say whatever fucking we want. <laughs> but I don't know too much about this story, but you know, when there's headlines all over Instagram and stuff and we immediately know everything. <laughs> um, okay. There's a guy who was able to tweet through his mind recently interesting it was like the first tweet to be done like mentally because he can't write and he can't use his feet so that was done and i know like i don't know if you know this but elon musk wants to push Neuralink, right yeah that's what it's called you know about that right yes and uh, one point i've heard made before is that we use our phones that's this basically an extension of ourselves this is a on the joe rogan elon musk interview this is what i've heard and we have a phone on us all the time. Bet money you have a phone in your hand right now if you're listening to this. Yeah. Right? You have probably to because you're scrolling through something right now. Yeah, some bullshit. <laughs> you should be <laughs> focusing on your real fucking work. <laughs> and they say that uh, the phone is an extension of your mind already. You know, oh, you need some math done? Calculator. You know, oh, you want to message somebody? Instagram. Oh, you try to jerk off? Boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a whole bunch of shit that you're doing with this phone. And if it was installed in your head, everybody thinks, no, that's crazy. I would never install something in my head. No, nothing. But it just takes a couple thousand people to do that shit, you know? And then it goes back to this, where what if you install something in your brain that can cure blindness? Cure or at least adjust. You know, we already do it with glasses. Yeah. Right? What if there was contacts? And then instead of contacts, it's surgery that installs within the eyeballs. It just, we move bit by bit by bit. And... We're scared of what we don't know, and that's perfectly fine. But we shouldn't oppose what we don't know will help. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I'll I'll say this to that: that uh, in the sound of metal too, they they uh, made a pretty interesting point of that. They don't see deafness as as a disability. No, for sure. And so I heard when I heard that, I was like, "That's pretty powerful." I was like, "Wow, I never considered that." That like people who are deaf don't see it as a disability they shouldn't and they should so, never 
And so it, it speaks a lot to the strength of, of, of the individual that can come over such a, such uh, an issue like that in any mm. case, wh- whether it be deaf blindness or yeah. mute or, or whatever the case might be. But I'll to, to rope all this back. Yeah. Now we bring him back to get, the line to get out of the B hole. Yeah. We're deep in that shit right now. <laughs> so wipe, wipe it off the B off of me. <laughs> Residue. <laughs> yeah, man. But I just want to say this is this is what Xbox had to say about about acquiring Activision. Oh, they they uh, commented on it. Yeah, they 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 had a tweet about it. They said, "Today is a historic moment. We are excited to announce that the world-renowned franchises and talented people at Activision Blizzard will be joining Team Xbox." And then they have a little link to their little uh, blog post about it, uh, if if you want to check that out. Okay, that's on their Twitter page. So they just commented about the acquisition, not really about the harassment. Well, they, on the blog post, uh, Phil Spencer he kind of dan- danced around the whole issue of Bobby Kotick and all these uh, lawsuits going on at Activision, where he said, "As a company, Microsoft is committed to our journey for inclusion in every aspect of gaming, among both employees and players. We deeply value." individual uh studies individual something cultures we also believe that creative success and autonomy go hand in hand with treating every person of dignity and respect we hold all teams and all leaders to this commitment we're looking forward to extending our culture of proactive inclusion to the great teams across activision blizzard bro they didn't dance around it they fucking tangled around that shit that's just a bunch of fucking bunch of words (laughs) man like what the fuck, man? Like, I didn't I didn't murder the person. What I did is, you know, there was something to be done about different situations. So something <laughs> occurred. And throughout that, things may have gotten a hand. But I'm a firm believer that if you do something because of the other reason, that's what happened. You get me? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what the fuck, man? Just Oh, man, I really wish you kept going with that. <laughs> I was going to, but I was like, damn, I'm not really fucking up with this. I'm not doing what I thought I would do with that sentence. But I, I think it's ridiculous and... I mean, we just don't really care, though. You know, like I think, I think we just don't really care. I think when something I like mean, this happens, I think it is interesting that he made a point to say that uh, that uh, we also believe that creative success and autonomy go hand in hand with treating every person with dignity and respect. We hold all teams and leaders to this commitment. Okay. So I I feel like adding the and leaders was a pretty good like thing to say. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about Bobby Kotick. But don't you think the most important thing would be to not do the acquisition? Well, a lot of people are are there are a lot of rumors saying that because of this acquisition, Bobby Kotick might step down, like mm-hmm. like I mentioned before. And so because mm-hmm. of that, this might be a good thing mm-hmm. that Microsoft bought Activision and Blizzard. Yeah, you're right. You're because right. it could be Microsoft coming in and saying, okay, let's clean up. Let's make this place a little fucking better, yeah. whatever the case is. But there is the growing elephant in the room where this adds a monopolization mm-hmm. idea to Microsoft because they're just buying up company after company yeah, after yeah, company. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to ignore at a certain point where it's like, well, when do we say, is this a monopoly or not? And and, and did you buy it to really clean things up or did you buy it to make money? And in doing so, you have to clean up. You know, yeah, what was yeah, your I mean, intent right there? Because, you know, if they clean things up, it's going to be a win-win for them because mm-hmm. things get cleaned up, they look like the heroes and they make more money from it. For sure. And so it it's, it's a win-win for them no matter what they yeah. do. So this is a good play for Microsoft, mm-hmm. but it also raises some questions of like, 
are any of these games going to become exclusives now? Mm. Like, I mean, definitely. I think like they is have Call to be. of Duty going to become an Xbox exclusive? I mean, that's the bullshit that we've been dealing with forever. So I'm not surprised. Then I don't know why I thought this analogy, but I just look at it as like when Trump lost the second election and then Biden came in and they're like, oh no, we're going to take over the US again and make it better. And they just did the same shit that he did, you know, just with behind the dying old man <laughs> and, dying and a, old and a man. shitty Kamala Harris, you know, that laughs at everything. Like, I just, I don't, I don't look at any, I don't, if you, there's no proof in the pudding. I don't see the real change. You know, uh-huh. I don't see real change until it's actually there. Yeah. But truth be told, I just can't believe what I'm hearing with the whole, you know, Blizzard and Microsoft thing. I mean, just Blizzard, right? It was just them that were doing that shit. Yes. I think it's really disappointing. And and a lot of people who do play those games love those games, you know, and they have to deal with that being put on them. And I mean, I, I am a firm believer that you got to separate the craft from the artist. If that makes any sense, like okay. if, if you drew a painting that's gorgeous and it's been interpreted and inspired millions for its own reasons, but the artist himself was a trash bag. I mean, it's not that you're inspired by the trash bag; you're inspired by the art they, him, they, her created. And I think that's really important to to. Not everybody agrees with that, and I completely understand because it differs per every product and art piece. But this is one of those things where I'm just astounded. I, I, you, you, call, know, you call me off guard OD with that shit. You, you know what I'm caught off guard and astounded by? What's up? Your opinion of Bill Cosby. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> First of all, Bill Cosby's show is not that bad. And the put and pop and, the, <laughs> and all that shit, you know, like that shit catchy as shit. <laughs> and that's an icon right there. And, and, again, like with the com- comedy styles of him, I mean, how many comedians did Bill Cosby inspire? Right? How much material did he put out that was significant in the world of comedy? Right? Okay. And I think that's really important to look at. Now, you don't go putting pills in fucking people's drinks and shit, you know. <laughs> but according to the court of law, he's innocent. You know, so, <laughs> so uh, nah, man, it's really an, an amazing thing. And again, money will let you get away with so much. And it's so sad. It's so sad. And I couldn't believe the day he got free. I remember I saw the, the fucking. The lawyers come out with him. And he just he just <laughs> yeah. there dazed and confused. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. And I mean, poor woman that really got affected by that guy because we'll never know the true story. We'll never know. We'll never it's, know. It's pretty wild. Yeah, man. I remember seeing the news for that. I was like, wow. Yeah, man. And who's talking about it right now? Check one, check one, two, one, two. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking about too, man. So. I mean, it's it's crazy, and and I'm really happy you brought that up, though, because, I mean, I hope the people from Blizzard don't hear this, the ones affected, because they'd be like, these assholes are laughing at our situation, <laughs> going down some butthole, <laughs> so, you know, whatever they think. But but I also think that that scenario with the twenty percent woman, eighty percent man. I I mean, I just don't know what to think about that. I, it's such a hard scenario to fix, right? Yeah. It's such a hard scenario to say, like, oh, we need to hire 50% women, 50% men. So we got to deny the men that are more interested or more qualified the job or vice versa, you know? And it can come it can come down to sexism from above. Yeah. That we don't want to hire as much women. We want to hire more men. Or we, don't, we just don't know the specifics. And that's just one company. It's just one company. It, it's like um, when Nike got sued for, like, allegations of racism, right? And how long has that company been around? It's, it's true. It gets so complicated, and, and what are the reasons, and what, 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 and all in the meantime of all these accusations, there's history of years and years and years of what they're actually doing. 
So it gets really intense and big companies, they really be fucking with people. Yeah. <laughs> In the most simplest terms, you know. So goddamn bro, you really you really got me with that one. <laughs> yeah. That that yeah. was that was my big news story. Yeah. And truly my condolences to the person that killed themselves and for real, for real. Like I know we joke around here, but if you're taking it serious, who the fuck are we? You know, we're not yeah. this or that. We're not anybody but people with opinions. And Opin- we have onions. Onions. <laughs> <laughs> but these are serious matters and yeah, man. So but look into it. If if it, if you're passionate about it and, and for some reason this or that like got you distraught. Look into it and make an impact. Otherwise, stay complacent. You yeah. Me? Well, so the the next news story I got for you. What's up? I read you the headline. Now nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Sit the fuck down. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. Now, what's up, bro? All right. Hospital unveils new delivery tap rooms <laughs> for bonding with newborn over couple beers. Okay. So this is going on in Denver, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And here's a quote. Research shows that sitting down and getting to know each other while enjoying a good craft brew is critical to the parent-child relationship and should occur immediately after birth. What research? Who the fuck? You know who's researching this? Alcoholics. (laughs) (laughs) For me, this is pretty fucking good, you know? They they offer a selection of in-house beers Mm -hmm. and buffalo wings of a variety of sauces. What the fuck, man? This is fucking ridiculous, bro. This literally sounds like somebody who's like drunk was like, man, you're going to hate your kids anyway, so just start off good with them. <laughs> like, just be on the influence when you meet them. The article you know? picture has has a dude holding a baby sitting at, like, a bar with, like, a beer filled up. It's, it's, it's amazing. Wow. wow. And the next frame, he's dropping his kid. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, but he's still holding the beer with his there's life. Another quote that there's another quote that said the that the they they uh, suggest having your first beer before the wires cut. The umbilical cord, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> we're not giving birth to robots. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to fuel up your child before he cries, so he has enough tears to let out. That's not funny. <laughs> Wait, so this is just a small study group, I'm assuming. Yes, I mean, realistically, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad at it for real. Like, I really don't give a <laughs> fuck, you know. Like, some people might celebrate. I mean, chances are they'll have the baby go home, like leave the baby in the crib and sleeping, and have a shot or something to celebrate, or celebrate in their own way. I'm just saying that not all alcohol should be put in this light where it's like terrible, right? As long as you're responsible. I mean, that's what the label says, right? Drink responsibly. You know, so I guess. So don't be irres- irresponsible. Yeah, you know, but I'm pretty sure people Duh. who drink irresponsibly think they're drinking responsibly until they turn out to be irresponsible, <laughs> right? It, it, everything's fine until it's not. You know, <laughs> that's basically what it is. Um, but what do you what do you think about that? You because that's an interesting topic. I just think it's a safety hazard for the workers and everything. I just think it's more risk than reward. I mean, it's pretty interesting because, like, like. Why? Just exactly. why? <laughs> exactly. Why? Like, who's really like? Who would actually do that? I Science. feel. I feel like. I feel like if I was if I was the wife or like or you know mm. you don't have to be married to have a kid. If I was the girl <laughs> in this situation, uh, I'd be like, "What the fuck? This guy's gonna go get a fucking beer right now." Oh, so are you saying that girls can't have beers, Holly? Well, I mean, obviously oh, they man. can, oh, but man. they're too busy giving birth. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that part. 
Whoops. What, what if you're adopting though? What if you're adopting and you you sign the papers and you have a child and then shots? Then then whatever. Shots on the fucking baby getting getting born, I guess. But it's just so weird. It's I, like I think that's just too specific of a celebration. I don't think I think they researched two guys. It's like <laughs> in, they in Colorado. probably had a shot sitting at the bar just waiting, and they're all just waiting. And then the dad comes out and they're like <laughs> they're born and they're like hey and they take the shots that's so random man i i just think that um random as fuck do it <laughs> if you want to but if it genuinely does help all power to you you know I, i'm not gonna shit on you if that's that's what's happening but that's a that's a hilarious thing uh, I just I thought that was just way too funny to not bring. The up. funny thing I, is the wings part. <laughs> like like <laughs> that, that's just straight up like okay, we want to sell beer in the hospital, we make more money. I mean, like you know, definitely pregnancy, like a childbirth can go on for a long time. Does so your insurance like, cover the wings? No, nah, it uh, doesn't. But I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay for the wings yourself, motherfucker. Even like my kid, bro. <laughs> that's but, funny as fuck, man. Yeah. Imagine that your your girl's getting your girl's uh, giving birth. You're like, hold on, I'm hungry. Yeah. Be right back. <laughs> Let me eat up on some wings. And then all you hear is, we're cutting the wire. <laughs> we're cutting the wire. <laughs> oh shit! Having my beer. Um, but I mean, we don't know anything until we find out the true results of it all, right? So let's say let's say all these fathers that had their first beer after their child was born, right? And then all the kids become fucking PhD students, rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, damn, we should have fucking... Denver, Colorado was ahead of its time. Um, nah, man. I mean, if you had told me they'd smoke their first joint with the kid, I mean, I guess I would have. But I mean, I'm not knocking it down either, is what I'm trying to say to you. I just think that it's hilarious science that just... Will you have a beer with your with your born? I have a Gatorade. <laughs> I have a beer, bro. You know, because you know when you have a beer outside of a bar, you know what it is? They overprice that shit. Bro. I'm not paying seventy five dollars a beer. Like a kid when you say that. <laughs> I have a Gatorade. Yeah, bro. I have a beer, bro. Like you know, like have one beer, and, like, oh, and, and then we have a picture of my dumbass holding a fucking Heineken. <laughs> And my, my wife or whatever looking at me like, damn, you motherfucker, you're an idiot. <laughs> and the kid is like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, man. Um, no, I, I had to bring that up. I just, there's no way I was just going to leave that story just sitting there. Awesome. Well, That's awesome. Well, I got another story for you. This is a personal story. Oh, shit. But I'm going to go take a piss. <laughs> oh, my God. Guess uh, guess who has to talk ca- to the people, Harvey. <laughs> guess who has to carry the show? Oh my fucking god! Listen, guys, I got a pretty good story for you guys coming up. You might you might enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, then you probably don't have a sense of humor. That's just the truth right there. And if you don't like the truth, well then get the fuck out of here. I don't want you here. No drinks allowed. No shirt. No shoes. No shirt. No service. Okay, okay. That was rude. If you got shoes, you can say. Or no shoes, I mean. You can say. But if you don't have a shirt on, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see your nipples, you fucking weirdo. Look, staring at me all the fucking time. I don't want to see that shit. God. You know, I would never say this to Frankie. But he's kind of, oh, he's coming out of the bathroom. Can't say it now. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Was not talking about you. Hey man, I'm just being myself. <laughs> All right, so um, you said you had a story for me. 
Are we back? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I got a story for you. I was prepping the audience for it. Yeah. I was about to talk some shit. I mean, I was about to say some really <laughs> good things about you. Deal. Deal. I hope you believe me when I say nah, that. Bro, I believe you, bro. It's not like I'm like too. Guys, he believes me. <laughs> Hold on. I want to see if I can capture this. So I just want to say off the rip, we're finally advertising the show. We're finally getting out there. And. And if you're listening or not, seriously, thank you. If you're listening, if you're not, well, you're not going to hear this anyway. Well, <laughs> what I want to say is, let's. I'm gonna have a cheers with Javi, my friend, right here, and I'm gonna go up to his mic so you can hear the cheers because this is cool and this it's really just it's cool. I just I simplify it as just cool. It's because like I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. Like yeah. not just that we published it, just that we really we really started this out practicing episodes. We have a table here that we set up. Um, Long this story table because it's gonna hold a lot of podcasts. Man, long story short, we got a table. We designed it ourselves, and I'm looking back at it, and it's it's amazing how um, three episodes in, I I don't feel like I feel like we're far away from the end. And if there isn't, you know, like I don't I'm, I don't I say that because I'm excited every week to shoot this shit. I feel like yeah. the whole week I've been doing my own thing, working, and this is the most like hype I'm feeling. This is the most expressive I've been, and. And it's because, I mean, fuck it. If you're not listening, like I'm listening, <laughs> you know, like you're listening, Javi. And, and I think this is really fucking cool. So I'm just grateful, first of all, to be alive and I'm happy to be able to speak my mind. And this is a really great experience. So I'm just going to cheers to my friend Javi real quick. Hey. Cheers, cheers to the mic. Did you hear that shit? Hey. Hey. I got a plastic cup, so I had to improvise with the glass cup. And yeah, cheers, man, because to living and speaking. That's Yo, why man. I had to let that out. Yeah, and, and I'll say that originally we were going to do this show bi-weekly, mm-hmm. but we said, fuck it, let's do it weekly because yeah, we enjoy doing this shit so much. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. So I'm excited. And, and for the people that like know us, actually, like, what, hey, what's up? And to the people that don't know us, hey, what's up? <laughs> right? Because at the end of the day, I don't care who's listening, man, is I hope. That you just are because, you know, you want to. And, you know, help us out with the algorithm because that shit will help us out a lot. <laughs> anything. Anything. <laughs> and, yeah, so, so yeah, man. So, Anyways, what's up, Javi? I got, I got this pretty good story. Okay. I love telling this story to people because, you know, as as some people might know, people who know me, I'm I'm kind of a bit of a smoker. Not not, not a cigarette smoker. I smoke Damn. pot. <laughs> not yet. But I have a pretty good Legalize. pot Legalize. You know, we're in a legal country. I can yeah. talk about, or legal state at least. <laughs> Damn, I got ahead of myself there. Sorry, bro. Don't worry about it. Ah, Soon, one day. One day. One day. Anyways, I I have a pretty good story. I, have, I And I feel like this is a pretty good story to put out there into the world. So there was this one time, this was my second semester of my freshman year of college. Okay. I came back from school and I said, oh man, my friend's coming from Cali. I got to get us some weed before he shows up. For sure. So that way I can like have a smoked up real quick when he gets here. Yeah. And I'm hitting up my dealer. I'm hitting up Chief. That's how I have him on my, on my phone. Chief. But he's not responding. Trash. And I'm like, damn, what's going on to Chief? Why isn't he responding? This is so <laughs> lame. I tried calling him for about like two hours. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. And I was like, this is bullshit. Bullshit. So, okay. So, <laughs> 
So I fuck, I hit up my backup guy, mm. and we all know we don't like the backup guy. Yeah, backup man. guy always has mid grade stuff, and you're more like, expensive. Eh. Takes longer to get there. He actually yeah. needs a buddy, but he's just like, come on, bro. You know I'm hitting you up. You always <laughs> want your guy. You don't want yeah. the backup guy. Yeah. So or hit, woman, or woman. You know, you know, we're living in woman, 2022. Yeah. Backup yeah. person, backup <laughs> dealer. <laughs> he, they, them, there. Why? <laughs> dealer X. <laughs> okay. okay and, so, and so I hit up my backup guy, Jamal. Okay. And I call him and I'm like, yo, Jamal, what's going on, my guy? Whatever. Yo, are you around town? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I am. I'm like, nice. Mm-hmm. Could I pick up from you? And he's like, yeah, cool. And I'm like, oh, have you heard from Chief? I haven't heard from him. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And he goes, Chief? Oh, nah. That dude died. <laughs> and my jaw hit the ground. Yeah, and my like died. Like, I was like, what? Oh. He died? And this dude, Jamal, goes, yeah, dude got hit by a bus. Jesus Christ. And I was like, what? <laughs> Fucking hell, Chief just got hit by a bus? Rest in peace, Chief. Yo, I was I was shook to my core. And yeah. Jamal was like, yeah. So when you want to meet up, and I was like, what the fuck? And Jamal's about business, bro. He said, yo, fuck cheap. When you buying this weed, boy? I was just kind of like, okay, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's meet up at this time, whatever. Mm-hmm. We hang up and I'm kind of just sitting there in my dorm like, wow, that was wild. Holy shit. And I swear, not two minutes later, I get a phone call. My phone starts ringing. I look at it and it says, chief. Is calling me. You mean chief hit by the bus, better weed chief. Chief <laughs> hit by the bus, chief. <laughs> so Jamal's a fucking liar. This is what I'm hearing. <laughs> chief is calling me, yeah. and I and I feel like I'm getting a call from the ghost. Yeah, man. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? So I pick up the phone. Yeah. And I answer. I'm like. Hello? <laughs> and Chief, it's just Chief on the phone. He's like, yo. Yeah, it's the morgue. Like, <laughs> like, hey, he died, but we got your weed. <laughs> you want it still? <laughs> and I was like, who the, yo, Chief, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. Why the fuck wouldn't I be okay? Yeah. I'm like, no, I just, I heard some crazy <laughs> shit. That's wild. He's like, what'd you hear? I was like, I'll. I'll tell you later, man. Yeah. It's, like, I, hey, how, how's the bus lately? Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. You know, 275. Whatever. 275. <laughs> Not like the weed, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all right, Jesus. I'm like, yeah, so <laughs> can I pick up some bud? And he's like, sure. Nice. So I'm like, cool. And I get off the phone with him. I'm like, what the fuck was that about? Mm. So I text Jamal. I'm like, yo, I can't pick up anymore. Whatever the case is, blah, blah, blah. Give yeah. him an excuse. And Chief comes up later that night. Okay. And I get into his car. And he's, you mean and he, he comes up with his fucking cast? And <laughs> he's like, yo, bro, I really dig it. He bus. pulls up in a car, perfectly fine, with his friend in the car. Wow. No injuries, nothing like that. I get in the car. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? He's like, yo, so what's up? You had me scared, little man. And uh-huh. I'm like, yo, man, I, I'm i not going to lie. But like, Jamal told me that you died. <laughs> And Chief is like, what? See, I can't relate because nobody's ever said like, oh, no, Frankie died. You want to show me instead? <laughs> I'll be tight. I'll be a little upset. Chief fucking turned around in the seat. He stared at me yeah. and his friend too. He was like, what the fuck? And I was yeah. like, yeah. Jamal said that you got hit by a fucking bus. <laughs> 
And Chief and his friend looked at each other and they're like, oh, nah. Jamal said that Chief got hit by a bus. Okay. Crazy. Okay. No. All right. That's some crazy shit. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, oh, shit. <laughs> what have I got myself into? Drug war. Drug war. <laughs> that's a South Park reference. <laughs> Race war. Oh. Race war. <laughs> that's from Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, um. I was I, I I I instantly was like oh I fucked up I should not have said anything I caught myself in the middle of something uh-huh. and Chief is like oh that's crazy and oh man and that's wild and thanks for telling me and whatever the case is yeah and he hooked me up with a little bit little bit extra bud that day yeah and not only that but he hooked me up with extra bud ever since I picked up from him gotcha and so I helped them out with information without knowing yeah man I mean <laughs> how grimy are you if you're like damn i gotta sell more weed man i'm just gonna i'm just gonna fake this guy's death <laughs> and hopefully he won't hit him i mean i wouldn't hit like if you told me so-and-so died i'm not gonna be like hey <laughs> are you alive now nah, i'll trust you but then i'll be like yo where's the fucking funeral bro because i was pretty close to this motherfucker so the nerve of jamal is crazy right now <laughs> crazy crazy but but damn bro i mean was the weed good yeah i mean from chief it was great <laughs> Jamal, it was eh. But let me ask you this. Do you think faking a death is a real thing? Like Tupac and whoever else supposedly faked their death. Like, would you do it? Would I fake my own death? Yeah, but like, not hobby right now because you're just hobby, you know. Why would you fake your death? That would be ridiculous if you fake your death and you hit me up 20 years like, hey, Frank, yeah, I faked my death. I'm like, bitch, why? Like, <laughs> like, like we, I wanted to chew with you like the other day. We have everything matter. You just fake dying shit like where'd you go like you know the Bronx and shit like, yeah. you know like nah just kidding I love the Bronx um, um just kidding what was I gonna just say just kidding <laughs> but this is reality to to fame being such a reach right where maybe like faking your death can be something I mean I'm sure Chief didn't want that put on him right of course let, not but, but let's say Chief was this top dealer a lot of trouble. Crime comes with selling, quote unquote, illegal drugs. That's a fucking plan. <laughs> and and he faked his own death, right? I mean, would you ever do that if you reached a point of fame where it was so intense? Because we don't know what fame feels like, right? We don't know. And True. And, I, and I hear fame is a drug of its own, right? Um, I feel I, I feel famous every time I walk into work and everyone's like, "Hi, Avi." I'm like, <laughs> like oh, I'm about oh, to fake my own death. It's holy crazy. shit! <laughs> <laughs> Hit up Jamal, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> And and it must be a crazy thing. And I, I genuinely think that there's a lot of young like um I don't I really don't know much about these people, but I know Juice World, right? Juice World apparently died on the flight because he took a lot of pills in and also whatever with this music, you know, people are like uh, let me just say this, man. Everybody's so quick to call people a legend today. Uh-huh. Like, you know, somebody will put out some music, they die at twenty. Damn man, we lost a legend today. Man, we lost the modern <laughs> Tupac, and and it's like, what, bro? Like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, and no disrespect to you if that's what your real opinion is. Go fuck yourself if it is, though, because <laughs> I mean, I, I really, I really don't think that like just dying makes you a legend. I um, this is something that I don't completely agree with, even though I'm saying it myself. But because I, I really don't, I think this, I think this is a statement that I'm still kind of figuring it out. Okay, but I think what what, what real legends are. Is people that survive the like what is not expected of them, you know, like people who are in the industry of music, or or like coming out of a rough neighborhood or rising above adversity and stuff, and they end up dying through like 
you know, gang violence or something that like it's just hard to say because it's not really an option sometimes, right? Yeah. It's, sometimes it really is a something that you're like within and you can't escape, right? True. But I mean, pills is a hard thing to say that Juice World is an easy way out. He didn't do that on purpose, you know. But he's not, I don't think he's a legend. I forget how like a couple songs and you know he's a very young person you know I would call him a legend if he survived how young was he um, let me look at it right now actually give me like three seconds because I think with that whole thing I mean do you know the story of it not entirely well the whole story of it is that um, is that he was on a plane and I may, par- may be paraphrasing because I don't really care but he was on a plane and they were going through security or something and they had a bunch of pills on them. So what he did instead of like being caught with the pills was ingest all of them. And that caused him to either overdose or and die, right? Okay. But let me tell you about um about this. Um uh, my friend Beatrice, you know, you know, she was telling <laughs> me about um that Amy Winehouse, right? Amy Winehouse was somebody that deal with a lot of alcoholism in yeah. her life, right? She did with so much alcohol. Sad story. Oh man, tragic. And not only does she have a sad story, she has an amazing voice. I mean, her voice was amazing. Like if you, if you look at a picture of Amy Winehouse, right, and you hear her voice, you're like, what? And first of all, that may not be true because not everybody is sounding the way they do, right? I'm gonna go down the beehole a little bit for you. (laughs) I saw this thing on National Geographic, right? They pick up the phone. This is my worst Southern accent. Hey, y'all, how you doing, man? Like, how are y'all? You know, blah, 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 right? (laughs) And then they're like, they just show the sound frequency of the the voice. Uh And they're like, hey, y'all, how you doing? This and that, blah, 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 blah. You know, Southern twang. And they they finally zoom in on the person on the phone. And it's an Asian woman. How often do you hear an Asian person speak with a certain accent? Not often. Not often, right? And that's like somebody saying like, oh, who are you on the phone with? How he sound? He sound black. Like, you know, like, <laughs> is that an accurate, you know, thing to say, right? And so when I say Amy Winehouse, when you look at her and you hear her voice, you're like, oh, what the fuck? But her voice has so much soul, you know, so much like real power, you know? There's a lot of black women that sing like her. And I think that's my comparison where Amy Winehouse has this voice that was extravagant and beautiful and jazzy and all that stuff. Yeah. And she dealt with alcoholism. And long story short, because I don't know the full story, right? But she died of alcohol poisoning. But the one of the crazy things is that um, she didn't love the lifestyle of being an artist that was huge to the fans. And there's one thing that she told me that that um, she was, uh, after shows, she wouldn't want to take pictures with fans. She would want to be here by herself. But her father would make her take pictures with fans and stuff. Yep. And she would hate it. She would hate it so much to the point where she drank every time she performed to just get away from what she was doing. And that's just sad, man. It's yeah. just sad. So so when it comes to these artists like Juice World and stuff like that, like you know what? They probably were dealing with demons. And that's why when I say the statement, like being a legend is surviving what you weren't expected to survive. Like Kurt Cobain shooting himself in the head and all these other artists, you know. But Biggie and Tupac died because of conflict of interest, in terms, not conflict of interest, but conflict within their, you know, West Coast, East Coast. Uh-huh. But, but I just think this this reliance on, like, these, you know, I mean, God damn, I guess I'm just a big contradiction because when it comes to those pills and stuff like that, like Oxycontin, what is it, the other with the P? Um, uh, you know what we're talking about. Pita pop, pita pop, poop pop. Joe Bill Cosby, <laughs> no, no. Um, oxy's and stuff like that. I mean, it's a big tragedy right now, and 
Um, I was at a comedy show the other day, and I I heard this comedian. He was like, more people died from overdosing on those pills than suicide and COVID combined last year or oh, this wow. year. Isn't that amazing? That off those pills, more people died than suicide and COVID. So it's a real tragedy. And I know I'm making a lot of random points right now. So don't, don't, I mean, fuck you if you fucking get mad at me. Cause you know, I'm speaking my voice. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but- How dare you? No, but really, really what I want to know, Frankie, what's your opinion of Bill Cosby? Well, <laughs> Well, let me let me say this. Just wrote no, 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 no. <laughs> Just wrote that at twenty one years old. Okay, that's <laughs> sad, man. That and, and it's sad. And and but is it is it what is it what is it that happened there? But my whole point is that we're, we're too quick to label these guys and girls and whatever legends off the bat. But I think that I mean Biggie said it that once you die, like you, you your fame is forever, right, and expanded and more so. Who cared about Bob Saget until he died? True. When's the last time somebody posted about Bob Saget and then he died? It's like, oh, I love Full House. Did you love that shit a week ago? <laughs> you know, because I didn't hear you talking about this guy. And we're like that. I mean, Betty White died. And then everybody was like, oh, but now we're over it. And nobody cares, really. Nobody really cares. And that's what fame must feel like. Yeah. Right? Momentary. Oh, man. I don't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> the Chief and Jamal and Little Juice World and <laughs> all these motherfuckers. All, all this fame that Chief and Jamal were trying to chase—that <laughs> that's how we cir- that's how we circle it back. Basically, basically. But you know, I'm gonna listen back to this, and I'm gonna be like, hey, "Frank, you're an idiot, and you're drunk." <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but I, I do have within that because when I talk, I just say certain things that I really do mean. But within that, everything I just said, there's a lot of values that I do cherish that contradict one another. But I say it because. Um, I mean, we don't understand what these people are living when they're doing that type of stuff, right? And yeah, yeah it's just a whole different world when it comes to icons. Um, uh, yeah, man. So, so, so sorry for that little vehicle tangent because <laughs> I went down a little, huge little <laughs> gaping. <laughs> I'm fucking that vehicle is massive. It's it's oh my god! I can fit 20, 20 times the size of me in there. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> Ah, man, if you're still listening, thank, bless you so, and thank you, man, because fuck you. Yo, if they're still listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Get a load of these two yeah, assholes. Man. I just Holy I just don't want to come off as what I'm not, and this is who I really am. And I, when I'm here, sitting here with Javi, I'm really speaking my voice, and I guess, I mean, if you do know me, you're like, wow, I can't believe Frank is saying this. I mean, best believe it, man, because this is <laughs> a crazy motherfucker that's talking right now, and, and Javi is too. He just don't know yet, you know? <laughs> and everybody has opinions. All right. All right. All right. All right. Listen, my guy. What's up? Before we go into the AMC section, what's up? I have something to confess to you. Oh shit! Confessions. Confessions, <laughs> right here. What's up, man? You talking shit when I went to the bathroom? Don't think I didn't fucking know, bro. <laughs> I left the door open. I was like, "You fucking talking shit." <laughs> now what's up? I'm gonna tell you right now. Let me know, man. One of the things that I just told you was not true. You lied about your mom, Chief. Oh, the bar shit. The bar baby shit, right? One of those things was not true. You lied about the lady committing suicide? One one of those three stories uh, is not true. I didn't the bar thing, no, with the pregnancy and the bar and the wings. That one is not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it because I was like, I was like, yo, Javi, we're dead at you in the third episode. How the fuck are we gonna talk about this shit? <laughs> Well, 
Fuck you, bro. <laughs> I, uh, I pulled an article from The Onion. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> well, well, thank God I wasn't like, hey, man. If it, I mean, I kind of was, but. That's how much of a slow news week it was. <laughs> well, then. Oh, my God. Well, then. I feel like Yo. a fool. <laughs> I just I I I was so excited to spring that on you. We're supposed to be spreading uh, news to the people. How they just lie straight to my face? You know how many people? You know how many people googled it when they were listening to this and they were like, "Frankie doesn't know that this is a trick." <laughs> well, fuck it, man. I'm about I'm about to fund a study <laughs> to see if that shit works so I can back my shit up. Oh man! Oh, I man. was so excited to spring that on you. <laughs> well, let me say this then. I know a random fact about babies. Holy shit. Uh, my random fact about babies, babies is that um, if you are somebody who's pregnant with a child, right? You know how they say you talk to a child in the stomach that can learn a little? Did you know okay. that when, you, um, when your, your child is born, uh, if you sing to your child, they will learn, and I'm, this, is, this is I'm approximating, but about 300 to 400 more words than they would if you just spoke to them. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? That if you sing to your child, they'll learn way more words than they would if you spoke to them. I mean, definitely singing like nursery rhymes are just so catchy. It exactly. makes sense. It's just one of those things where I feel like it seems kind of basic, but you wouldn't know until you heard somebody say that. That is from a textbook, bitch. So if you didn't know that, <laughs> now you do. And I Damn. hope you see to your baby. Yeah. You know, I I was so excited to to lie. I to knew you. that shit wasn't real, bro. I, I didn't no, know, no, honestly, but it, it but sounded you, like some bullshit. <laughs> I, like, what were you actually thinking when I brought that up? I was like, how am I going to make this interesting to people? Because that is some bullshit. But the reason, <laughs> the reason, like, a part of me was like, I mean, I didn't know it was unreal. I, I was like, we this sort of mind matter. We only speak the truth. Um, but, but Do when we? You, <laughs> but you, you had no facts about it. You just, and the wings part, bro. I was like, wings? What the fuck? That was in the article for it. No, the, the onion is hilarious, man. I love the onion for what they do because they make everything so fucking funny, man. They really do. But I guess I, you got me. <laughs> you got got. I got got. And if anyone else got got, <laughs> you got got. <laughs> Currently, everybody's hitting the unfollow button. <laughs> One star for Javi. Oh, <laughs> I'll be starting man. my own podcast. All truth, no fake news. <laughs> Fuck the onion at Frankie.com. <laughs> Fuck that podcast. <laughs> Tune in to bullshit with Javi. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're here. Now we're at the um, the, the AMC section. section. AMC. Well, and and for one final reminder. Because we, we've come full circle. We're three episodes in. Yeah, we man. got we've done all three things now. We're, we're three topics in, two real, one fake. <laughs> yeah. You, you that I said, hey man, rape allegations, this and that, sexual allegations. Wings at a baby, bro. <laughs> 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 no, but uh now we're at the AMC section. Uh and and for people who are listening to the new episode, man, people are probably like, What the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> people who are listening right now are probably like the show is pretty cool. <laughs> this episode feels a bit off the rails, yeah, but I man. like it. Yeah, I mean, we're just doing what we're doing because fuck it, man. It's Wednesday. <laughs> Hump day. So the AMC section, for another reminder, is this entertainment section at the conclusion of our show. Uh, and what does it stand for, Javi? stands for albums, movies, and comics. And um, man, these things are always going to be around, but. Man, I heard a, pub, I heard a couple of people talk to me the other day, and I had a friend that rewatched The Warriors because of our last episode, man. Thought that was pretty <laughs> fucking cool. He told me he recommended some movies to me. 
and I, some people say like read some more manga, and you know, so I might go on to that way. And okay. so I really like this section, man. And I really got put onto new music, and and if you recommended comics and movies so far, I recommended. I mean, we've recommended a shitload of stuff so far, right? Yeah, we because with with the test episodes and stuff, we've recommended yeah. a good amount of things now, and it's a really good eye opener. Um, so what what are, what are we talking about today? Ooh, okay, so yeah. we're talking about a pretty special comic. Oh yeah, this is Batman: Court of Owls. Came out in 2012. Yep, as a part of DC's a New Fifty Two launch. Yeah, and if you don't know what the New Fifty Two is, it would normally in the comics world, uh, Marvel and DC they'll reboot their universes. They'll say enough has gone on, and they'll start back at issues one for everything, just so that way they can introduce new readers to their universes and things like that. Okay, and so for the New Fifty Two, they introduced fifty two new series. One of those being batman and it was written by scott snyder art was done by greg capullo mm -hmm. he did the pencils and the inks were done by jonathan glapian gotcha and this book introduced one of the most modern legendary uh mm -hmm. villains to batman mythos that we've seen in quite a long time hell yeah and i've read it a, a good amount of times but Frankie uh, just read it for the first time. I had him check it out because I'm hosting the episode. Yeah, man. And I said, we're checking out a motherfucking Batman comic. Yeah, and man. this is his first Batman comic he's checked out, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, in one of my notes, because I, I have a couple of notes here, and um, I've I've never read a physical copy of a DC and Marvel comic. Like, I've, I've read, like, Captain Underpants and stuff and okay. like, a couple other things. We talked about this before. But when it comes to, like, real, like, you know, genuine quality superhero marvel like batman side man all stuff this is the first like i was sitting in my house yesterday and uh, well, our house apartment um and i was reading a comic That's your book house. <laughs> it's my house technically That's speaking your house. <laughs> and i was reading a comic book and i mean first of all i just couldn't believe that i was doing that in the first place because it's amazing and um i'm gonna i'm gonna give my input but i would love to hear what javi has to say because the beautiful thing about this segment is that we may both know a little bit about albums and movies, but Javi genuinely knows a lot about comic books. And I think reading this comic book showed me that he knows an extreme amount that it's kind of an honor to hear when he has to say shit about it. And when he recommended me this, I'm going to say one pinpoint from what I have to say. I've never experienced a book that made me feel more emotions than most movies that I've watched. This book was crazy. <laughs> crazy. And we're going to get into it more. I wish we could show you video vi uh, visuals. And maybe we will. Maybe we'll put it on the social. Put it on the social. Hold on. But let's get talking about it because this shit was crazy. Well, I do want to say, well, I feel like you uh, should read us the synopsis of it. Okay. I since Since you read it, it's nice and fresh for you. I I would love I would love to hear how I describe myself like the that? story breakdown from you. Got you. Um so then actually I'm gonna read you what I wrote at overall, right? I okay. guess this is now a synopsis. I'm gonna explain my like some of it past this. But I wrote this at the end of reading it, right? And I think that awesome because I kinda wanted to read this in the beginning anyway. So I'm gonna this is what I wrote word to word right after I read this. First off, this is the first DC comic book I've read the physical copy of. To speak on it, 
The story initially evolved as I expected it to. A horrific crime, too horrific for a movie, but allowed for a comic and Batman's involvement and willingness to get involved and solve the crime. Then the slow and conniving twisting of the story begins with the unveiling of Gotham and the Wayne's history with the Court of Owls. How they're perceived as this tall tale, but whose existence has been has truly affected Bruce's bloodline, Bruce Wayne. Even now in the comic book, his own life. The story shatters any hope or faith that Batman could take on this clan of evil. Never have I seen Batman so petrified, anguished, fearful, and submissive to the point where he betrays his survival instincts, such as drinking the water in the fountain. Yeah. Was there something in the water? With finishing the first volume, I know less than the entirety after learning so much. I feel scared with Batman, not for him. And I am truly taught something eerie. What was it? I'm, oh, sorry. Excuse me, excuse me. And I'm truly taught something eerie with myself after reading. The experience of this read was phenomenal, and I'm excited to mentally and visually scar myself with the next volume. And and the way I would give the synopsis is we're so used to, uh, I mean, in terms of movies, because if you're not a comic reader, this is nothing new to you. But when it comes to movies, for me, Batman is always in this scenario with, you know, villains that you know, like the Joker and What's that guy with the bag over? Say, San- not Sandman. Scarecrow. No. Scarecrow. That show how much I know. And, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a current Batman event uh, that I'm reading mm-hmm. called Fear State, where Scarecrow takes over Gotham. Pretty and, good. And Batman Begins was awesome, right? That's what Scarecrow was in, right? Yeah. I know all the rest of the Batman movies are great. Like Dark Knight was awesome with Heath Ledger and all that stuff, but but Batman Begins was amazing, especially for its time, in my opinion, compared to what the future came out with. But this comic book, to put it within a synopsis like you asked, it kind of shows that Batman faces a whole bunch of adversity in his comic books to the point where we kind of look at him as this guy who's already fit enough to take on the world, right? We're just seeing how he takes on it. And for the first time I've ever got to see is, like I said earlier, I've never seen a Batman this broken down in my whole life. And with the history they put along it, they aid the horrific ventures he's endured with the history that matches why he confronted it. He faces things like why his parents were killed, not just how he gets over it. And he kind of has to face something that is new to even him. In the beginning of the comic book, they kind of show all these villains that he's faced. And it's kind of like he rubs it off. And that's yeah. why I thought it was like... And then they showed the Joker. And I was like, oh, this is the Joker. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but we'll get into more details in a bit. But there's a certain there's certain visuals that we'll have some visuals for that I'll show later. Where they draw him to a point where I've never seen in any of the bad movies I've seen him so terrified. With, it, with with one of his eye lenses missing and his eye just like spazzing out with the, whole the five o'clock shadow and, and and him seeing like his demons, aka his parents, alive again. He went to go hug them and they just kind of imploded into one. Like it was just, and you're, you're you're hearing this and you're like, what are you talking about? Well, when we detail it, you'll know. But I, I just say that this is this is discouraging for any fan of Batman that doesn't read comic books. You know, I think this is discouraging and. And really sad because it's not at all a fun story. <laughs> no, <laughs> not it's not. <laughs> it starts fun. At first it's a I was horror like, story for sure. It, and, and it takes horror to a whole new level. So um, 
So I want you to start me off and I'm going to go forward with you because I have a whole bunch of shit to go with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we start off with issue one and Bruce is in his zone. He's taken down the usual suspects at Arkham Asylum. That we all know and love. And he's like, I got this shit. I'm Batman. I'm the main man. Ain't no one got me. And he's able to take all of them down with the help of the Joker. And you're like, Joker, the fuck? Yeah. And it cuts to when they get to the Batcave and you find out that Dick Grayson has a sort of like animatronic thing. That, that makes like, him appear like the Joker. And, yeah. and who is Dick Grayson for the people that don't know? Dick Grayson is the uh, the first Robin uh, to join Batman in his crusade against crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, who eventually becomes Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point in time, he, uh, he is Nightwing. Okay. Um, so he's Nightwing, uh, no longer Robin. So in the comic, Batman and Nightwing were fighting along each other, but Nightwing was appearing as Joker. Yeah. And to a point where... Because Batman knew it wasn't the Joker, the reader was fooled into thinking it was a Joker, which we later found out they were working together because of a, he was testing out a new program or something he had, right? Yep. So this is why in the beginning I was like, oh, this is a cliche comic book. This is just regular reading. It it, it, it tricks you. Yeah. It's like, it really makes you think, oh, this is just Batman in his element yeah. or whatever the case is. It's another is. story. It's just another Batman story. Yeah. But then he, you find out that there's a murder and he checks it out. And he finds out that he, Bruce Wayne is going to die tomorrow. Yeah. And he's checking out the fucking DNA that's on the body that's there. And he finds out that the DNA is belongs to no other than Dick Grayson. And if we could backtrack a little before um, he finds the body. Right. Because the way it's shown, which we're showing right now on the screen, is crazy. It's shown in the Passion of the Christ, like arms to the side, nailed uh-huh. to the wall, knives all over his body. And before that, he unveiled the reason to, um, he said he wants to change Gotham into with a new transit system, right? He wants to like enforce it more and, and make it more bigger and better than ever yeah. and change Gotham all the way. And um, I only want to touch on this a little because this is something that really caught me. Um. There was something that when he was unveiling it to the rich people that he wanted donations from, he wanted to, he said this, and I'll tell you right now. He said, and as you can imagine, the days following his death were the worst of my life. His father, right? After Uh his father died, he said, the days following his death were the worst of my life. Days of anger and fear and sadness. Still that phrase, my father's phrase, tomorrow is one dream away. It kept coming back to me. And deep down, I knew as much as it hurt, right then things would get better, right? He says, now why am I telling you this? Well, friends, my point is that when circumstances are challenging or frightening, asking ourselves what our city is, is pointless. Because all we will see when we look around at the buildings and streets will be our own fears, our own frustrations, our own demons. I won't read too much, but the last thing he says is, but if we stop looking to the present, and the past, and instead we look to the future, if we ask ourselves, what can we be, what will be tomorrow, then we're asking the right question. Because to hope, to dream, to predict is to shape the city yourself rather to be shaped by it. So putting my, my mouth where my money is. Now, recently, um, it was Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. And, and when I heard that, I know like people look at comic books and most comic book fans like see these things and they're like, they inspire a certain ideology, right? And what he's saying is like, don't be molded by what Gotham is, the dirtiness and the grit of it. Be inspired by it to change it, 
to not look forward to what's going to happen or what happened, like to change truly. And there's just one quote by John Lennon that I, that this is the only reason I brought this up is because John Lennon has this one quote that says, everything will be okay, okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Okay. And, I, and I really love that quote because I think what John Lennon said and what Bruce Wayne says in that speech he gives to the people for the donations to the transit system to benefit the city. I think even in New York City right now, that's applicable. And it's the beauty of, you know, anything you write, any media, whatever, that it inspires change. You feel me? Yeah. So, like, that happens very early in the comic. But I thought that was a really strong thing. Like, I took it as that. And, and Martin Luther King obviously is a genius for and a strong person for doing what he did. It's true. So just having that had been recent and reading this and the quote that I have hanging in my room, I think that's a really dope thing. What's the quote you have hanging in your room? The um, Reminds me. Uh, I mean, the one that says, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, okay. it's not the end. I don't know if John Lennon wrote that, but John Lennon wrote that. Oh, It's nice. amazing. It's an amazing quote. It's very beautiful. And I mean, truly... If you're dealing with something and it's not okay, it's not the end, you know? Just keep moving forward type shit. So Thanks. just wanted to bring that up. Blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> so going past that, Batman finds a body that's basically crucified. I mean, go ahead. Um, we're going to take a little break. I'm going to clap sequence so we can edit this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I came back in because Hobby's in the bathroom. He was talking shit about me, but... Instead of using this time to talk shit about Javi, I'm going to speak a little to myself. We're talking about comics, and sometimes it's hard to to visualize what we're talking about. So we'll have some visuals in the future. But there's a beauty to reading a comic book that I never knew existed. Comic books are, are a thing that a lot of people in the past only had in terms of cinematic exposure. And so they were blessed with movies like Logan and Spider-Man No Way Home and Venom and all that stuff. And we get to see it out in the theater, so crazy looking. But when you read a comic book, you have to be patient and experience as you turn the pages. So <clears throat> with that being said, as I read the comics, I'm, I'm experiencing media in a whole new method. This I've never, ever done before. And this is one of the most important parts about doing this podcast because... I look forward to the C part of the AMC section so I can read more comic books and, you know, explore a little more. Uh, reading this comic, it gets heavy. It gets heavy to the point where I'm not joking when I say the shit they do here is harsher than most shit I see in the movies because movies ain't got shit on this book. Uh, I recommend it again. It's called Batman City of Owls, Volume 1. And shit is crazy, bro. Shit is real crazy. Right, Jesus <laughs> Christ. So after, that was issue one. Okay. Tell tells us tell us what happens with it's issue two and onwards. Um oh like in the beginning uh, issue one, two wait, so when you're reading it, right? It goes from issue one, two, three, four, five? Or was it? Yes. Oh, because I read the whole thing. I thought it was all volume one. No, it, oh. yeah, issues it, it collects uh if I remember Oh volume is a Mix up of all issues. Yes, a volume wow. is a collection of issues. So, so um, basically, so this collects issues one to seven. Because I thought all of it was like issue one. That's how much I don't no. know about comics. <laughs> basically, after that whole spiel of the speech he gives, he finds a dead body. Right, the body is 
covered in wounds due to knives. And they figure out that amongst the area of the dead body, there's a message that says Bruce Wayne will die after, um, what, tomorrow? Or 24 hours like that? We'll, tom- we'll die tomorrow. We'll die tomorrow, right? And so um, after that, and now both they're, he's on the lookout for what's going to happen, what's going to be to him, and, and who caused his death, right? Within the body of the guy, they found a tooth inside of his uh, mouth and it had an image of an owl the tooth right um an athenian owl and the owl was a symbol of wealth and power in ancient greece right well it was interesting about the comic book because i know it's, it's a whole lot of information is that they discussed wayne's tower right bruce uh-huh. wayne's tower and there's a lot of specifics about the tower that the tower was covered in what are these things called? Those gargoyles. Gargoyles, right? And each one of them had a purpose in them. I think there was about four of them for every entrance into Gotham, right? I think it was up to like well, seven or there's four. Technically, there's a secret one that Bruce knew about, mm-hmm. and I believe it was uh, thirteen in total. Mm-hmm. And and essentially that um, he wanted to search for who the I'm trying to like refresh my memory and shit. That's why I'm trying to like really get into it. But you remind me so I could go with you, bro. Because <laughs> it's hard. Uh, uh, reading a whole fucking story comic book is difficult. But. No, no, I mean, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, with issue two, it shows up with uh, Bruce Tower, with Wayne Tower, I mean to say. Mm-hmm. And it's talking a lot about what's going to happen with the death of Bruce Wayne. And he's trying to figure out who's going to kill him and whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. And he calls Dick Grayson over to talk about it. And Dick Grayson's like, oh, I actually ran into this guy. And I think he was like a like a religious like zealot and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he scratched me. And that's why my DNA is on him. Oh, and that's the guy who ended up being the murdered man on the wall. Yeah. And that's why his DNA was under his fingernails. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Dick Grayson has his alibi and whatnot. And he's like, I, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. And so fucking Bruce goes yeah. to meet Lincoln March, who's a politician in Gotham. And he meets him at Wayne Tower. And uh, at Wayne Tower, they're talking and stuff. And he's like, listen, you you better watch out. There's like an old dark popping up in Gotham now. And the fucking Talon shows up. And Talon so, is the, the owl motherfucker, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bruce's assassin shows up and tries to fucking go for the kill. He he stabs Lincoln March in the chest and he fucking starts attacking Bruce. And Bruce is like, I got to hold back because I can't completely reveal myself to yeah. be Batman. So I got to like let myself get beaten up a little bit. So he meets up with the potential mayor, new mayor of Gotham. And while they're meeting up, the attacker, which is the talent who killed the initial guy who caused the whole crime scene, like search. Right. Yeah. And Bruce can, like you said, Bruce couldn't fight back because if he were to fight back how he would as Batman, he would reveal himself to be much more powerful than just an average billionaire, Bruce yep. Wayne. Right. One thing I wanted to say with um with the way I was reading this comic, at a moment I caught myself finding Bruce Wayne and Batman to be different people because of how okay. they were depicted per chap like per chapter volume and stuff like that. You know, there, there's always been a debate of in in the comics world of. If which one is a mask, Batman or Bruce Wayne? Yeah, yeah, man. And and the way the reason I um saw it that way is because the way they were drawn, when Bruce Wayne was drawn, it was more like oh classy, a lot of red, a lot of gold, a lot of suits. And when Batman is drawn, a lot of darkness, a lot of shadows, a lot of quickness. 
And and then I was like, wait, like, oh shit, Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person, right? Yeah. And, and I couldn't believe that I caught myself like believing they were otherwise because in the dialogue, um, when Batman wanted to find who the talent was, they didn't know who the talent was at that moment, the killer. Uh. They were saying that Bruce Wayne was next to die. And the detective was like, well, Bruce Wayne, he has security on security. Like, you know, he'll never get, the killer will never be able to get to Bruce. And Batman was like, well, I'm going to check out by him regardless. Like, you know, one of those things where they're talking about, he's talking about himself. And it just, yeah. confu not confuses the reader, but it, it, it kind of like pushes the idea that everybody in Gotham doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. The reader knows, of course, but it, it somehow the comic book kind of keeps you you know, knowing that everybody else doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is and Batman. That, yeah. That's, that's a really cool thing to do because when we watch the movies and stuff, like we know, what was his name? Who played Batman recently? Chris, uh, Christian Bell. Like we know he's the Dark Knight or Batman, right? So it's not really a shock when we see him and him. He's like, I'm Batman. You know, like it, <laughs> you don't have that in this comic. You kind of have just dialogue to aid you. So when, yeah. when Batman is being spoken to about Bruce, you're like, oh my God. Like, And I think that's really cool. It really like sidetracked me in terms of that. So, and what Scott Snyder does a really good job of is, is making Bruce his own character. Because again, it's been a debate in, in the comics world before of what is the actual mask, Bruce or Batman. Mm -hmm. And in, in that to say, uh, which one of those identities is Bruce faking? Yeah. Is he faking an, an, an identity when he's Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Or is he faking an identity when he's Batman? And there's a debate about it, right? Like there's a this and that. Yeah. I, I would say he's faking the Bruce Wayne part. Like he's, I, he's faking the Bruce Wayne part? Because he has to do that. And I think it's easy to, not, it's not easy to acquire billionaire status, but it's easy to do the things that billionaires do, right? In terms of, if you have the money to do it with. He inherited his wealth, right? If I'm not mistaken, from his parents. Yes. So oh, he he already had the pieces to do it, but to be Batman, I mean, he had to work for the gift of being Batman, no? Yeah. So those are earned qualities that, I mean, if you're earning those qualities to be that, I think you have more desire to do that than what you're already given. If that makes any sense, right? If you uh, uh, Bill Gates became a billionaire, but he didn't say like, "Oh, let me just make a bunch of money." No, he was like, "I've always been passionate about doing this." software programming so let me do that it just happened to make me a billionaire and now he has to go with that status of i'm a billionaire so i have to contribute to charities and you know i mean i know it's not the same thing i'm not calling bill gates batman <laughs> but I, I mean if i were to just because i mean i'm just a new fan into it so i don't know anything really but i think it's a cool debate man because jesus christ there's just so much i wouldn't think i would want to have a conversation about batman until i read this comic book so yeah. you bringing that up, that's really cool. Yeah, so I, I think this comic does a really good job of building an identity for Bruce when he's not Batman. Yeah. Because it really puts him as this person who is trying to fight for Gotham when mm -hmm. he's not Batman. Mm -hmm. Because even when the cowl's not on, he's still fighting the good fight. Mm -hmm. So I think that it, Scott Snyder does a really good job of portraying that. Yeah. But... um. Where did we leave off? So we're off to the point where Bruce Wayne meets up with the mayor, the potential mayor of Gotham, right? Lincoln March. Lincoln March. And the Talon, who is the person that killed the initial dead guy on the wall, the painter. Shows up and they have a little scuffle. A scuffle. And they, they go out flying out the window. And, and he Bruce, throws Talon off the roof, right? Yeah. And Bruce recalls that 
there's the secret 13th gargoyle that no one really recalls it's yeah. pretty high up and lands on it as the talon goes crashing down yeah but the talon does not die yeah and that was the end of issue two mm-hmm. so with issue three we open up and we start to learn a little bit more about the history of Gotham yeah. with uh, with uh, Bruce's grandfather, pretty much. He's Alan Wayne. Alan Wayne. Mm-hmm. And this is where the comic really starts to go down the fucking b-hole. This is the slow and conniving twist I talked about when I read it earlier, that this shit just... It's like, what is happening now? So Bruce is learning about he's learning about this myth of the court of owls mm-hmm. that it's been going on around Gotham for a little bit and he's trying to figure out what it might be and he's like listen something might be going on at this court of owls stuff and he finds one of their bases and inside the base he finds a picture dated all the way back to 1891 Eight, I know it was built in 1888 I think so if I'm not thinking but if the picture was 1891 he, he finds a picture of 1891. Oh, you're right. It's this one right here. Yep. We're showing it right here. Okay. And so he's like, oh, man, these guys have been in Gotham for quite a while. A whole lot of time. And he's going around and he's, and he's finding more pictures that are more dated to all the way up to 2006. And in the building that he's in, it gets blown up. Yeah. And that was issue three. He set off a tripwire, right? Yeah. And um, one thing I wrote about the tripwire in the thirteenth floor, where nobody was searching because Alan Wayne was superstitious, right? That's why yep. he built the building that way. Alan Wayne was it was he a archaeologist? Not archaeologist. What's it called? Architect. Uh, architect. So he built Wayne Tower because he was an architect and he believed in superstition. So he he was the person that was like, "Hey, let me not build a thirteenth floor." But what I love about the blowing up aspect of the tripwire is that when they did that, they Who's the writer again? Scott Snyder is the writer? Scott Snyder. He wrote this. He wrote the the impact, the tripwire is kind of a trick in itself because it's not the it's not the blowing up of the tripwire that scares the person. What I write here is how its real impact is not the initial setting off of the after effect, but it's saying basically if you trip on a tripwire, you don't know what's going on everywhere else. You're in control of the whole environment. If I... If I set up a tripwire, I'm scared to go off anywhere else in the room. Yeah. So it's kind of like showing that the talent, it has eyes everywhere. And what that reminded me of is uh, guerrilla warfare in Vietnam. Okay. How when the U.S. went to Vietnam, they were expecting to just, you know, and just kill everybody. But but they knew what they were doing with their environment. They knew that, you know, like guerrilla warfare, essentially. Yeah. You know? And I thought that was a cool-ass comparison to just kind of like... It made my mind sprout it because <laughs> Batman was in there. He thought he was going to find shit and he was finding stuff. And once he said the tripwire off, he's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I'm I'm the guest in this And area. what's really interesting for you to bring that up is mm-hmm. that this comic opens up with Batman almost arrogant. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he's like, I know Gotham. I am I know, Gotham almost. I am Gotham. And I don't care who I face. All the villains that we know and love, like, I'll beat them, blah, blah, blah. I know he doesn't say that exactly, but he pretty much is saying that, like, it's no challenge for me and exactly. I'm going to go through it. And, and now he's being dealt with this myth, this mystery. Who wasn't supposed to exist ever. And right? he's like, there's no way. They even, I know Gotham. They even repeat a nursery rhyme that gets thrown around and he's like, it's just a nursery rhyme, but it's not just a nurse shrine because slowly and slowly he's realizing this is a very real villain yeah that this is not just um 
some twerp who just killed some guy and threatened Batman is like, no, he, he thought he was one to not be intimidated and slowly his fear is evolving and growing. And it really speaks a lot to the fact that Batman thought he knew Gotham, but yeah. Gotham is something way bigger than, than Batman. Way bigger. And so I, the comic does a really great job of making Batman smaller. Yes. We've never seen Batman so small before. And so we've said it before. Ever. Like, we've never seen him so battered up and whatever the case is. Yeah, man. So I just thought that was a really really good point to bring up. But with issue four, after that explosion, he's able to get out of of that explosion and whatnot. And he's able to do a little bit more researching alongside Dick Grayson and stuff. And he's learning about some more secrets that's going on. And so he starts digging through the sewers. And when he starts digging through the sewers, he gets caught by a talon and gets thrown into the labyrinth. That's the whole crazy shit that happens, right? And that's where we hit issue five. Issue five gets wild. And and right before we hit issue five, one thing that I want to touch on is that... um, or I'm sorry, issue four, yeah. I believe. Dick Gracie was um was telling Batman, like, hey, I know, basically aiming at his arrogance, saying, like, hey, I know you think you know what you're doing most of the time, but this is one of those things where you might be ahead of yourself. You might be feeling, dealing with something, something much bigger than you, no? Yeah. That might be a little later, too, but in general. No, he says that. Yeah, he says that. He says that, like, you're, you're risking your, your basically, your, your sanity in your life because you think you got it, but if you don't know what you're matched up against, you might really get hurt. And then Batman tells him, he's like, hey, man, um, the whole reason I'm doing this is because this is fucking crazy. Is that when his parents got killed, he always knew that it wasn't just a random act. He says right here, it was like, there's no way that my parents got killed because some plain old Joe, some no name had killed my parents over nothing but pocket change and, and pearls. He says, deep down, I believe I knew there had to be something bigger at work. And he, he understood that the court owl was like, was maybe not was always a thing because he did his own research to find out what it was. Yeah. And even then he found nothing. But he knew that there's something bigger that hit for the reason that his parents died. Right. And I thought, I just thought that was really cool because me and everybody, it's like Spider Man and Uncle Ben. It's like, oh, well, he died. Great power, great power comes because of great possibility. Right. I definitely did not say that correctly. Great <laughs> power. <laughs> With great power comes great So, Frankie, how do you really feel about Bill Cosby? Everybody's <laughs> like, what is going on right now? Um, but with that, when he's saying, like, I knew my parents didn't die for no reason, it was crazy to me because I was like, I've never seen this in any Batman anything, right? For him to look beyond his parents dying, like, there's a bigger reason to this. As a kid, that's intense, man. So, yeah. So now he, um, go on. <laughs> to town, <laughs> like that, sorry. He's in the fucking labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And in the time that he's in the labyrinth, a week passes that he's lost in this labyrinth. And people are thinking, is Batman fucking dead? Yeah. And this is where the labyrinth gets fucking wild. And right now, and, um, just to like help the, vi- the, the people watching, I'm putting some visuals right now where it's, I mean, if the labyrinth was was shown in any explanation, I mean, you see what I'm showing you right now? Yeah. Like, I, I, so I hope you can understand why I wanted you to have a physical copy of oh, this comic. I definitely understand. Because when the pages start to flip, because literally as Batman is going crazy in the labyrinth, the pages start to turn. Sideways. Start like to we turn. see here right now. 
And it's insane when it happens. The pages go upside down at some yeah. point. You have to turn the book literally sideways. Like uh, I wrote, like you have to turn it from um, horizontal to vertical. You have to hold it vertically, and then you have to hold it upside down yeah. at some point because it gets that wild. It's intense, and it gets really intense, and it really immerses you in that insanity. Yeah, and I, I wish, I wish you texted me and would have been like, "Is this an issue? <laughs> Is this a printing error?" <laughs> I mean, and when I was reading again, remember, I thought like volume one meant all oh, a whole just first issue, right? But when I'm reading this part where, like, if we couldn't elaborate on the on the labyrinth, it, it's kind of like this mind fuck for Batman, where initially he finds himself like, you know, a corn maze when you're in a corn maze and you're just going in and out f- trying to find your way out. All he said to himself, well, if I stay in the dark shadows, he can't find me. The talent can't find me if I stay yeah. in the dark. And then slowly and slowly he started finding himself in these areas where there was nothing but light. And because he was there so long. He had to like deal with things like tiredness and and crazed um, mental. And then the the one thing I mentioned earlier with the water, like he was so thirsty, where he went to go to a fountain that was in front of him, and he was like, "I want to drink this water so bad, but I know if I drink it, what am I drinking? Are they gonna poison me? Are they gonna do this to me?" And and those are the thoughts that like I've never seen Batman in this position ever. Like he he was battling his mind, his own um, instincts. That the Batman knows and is perfected so well. Yeah. So to see him in this state was like, I mean, I started feeling lost myself. I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, bro. Like, I just, I have never seen this. So it was like seeing, like, um, I went to the 9-11 museum in New York City once, right? Okay. And one of the first things I saw was a, was a fire truck uh, uh, pulverized by the falling debris of the building. Oh, and wow. And when I walked into the, the area, what was left in the museum, of course, not Twin Towers, of course, but um, was this destroyed fire truck. And I remember the first thought I had in my mind was like seeing this fire truck destroyed like this in front of me. Like it made me sad. And I thought of it that way. I said, that's like seeing Superman die in front of you. You know, like that's like when it comes to real life and civilians and, and what we live, when we need help, like we have firemen and policemen and ambulances. But when I saw that fire truck, I was like, that's the only hope we had that day. And and yeah. to see it destroyed like that, I mean, imagine how other people must have felt, and other like like you know partners of those firemen and stuff like that. Like you know, to see that fire truck destroyed is to say like right now we have no hope. And it was, I mean, that's how I look at it, man. And and that shit is crazy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that was really nice of you to bring that up. Yeah, wow, man. that's very yeah. profound. Yeah, no, man. I and I didn't even think about that shit until now. To be honest with you, it's just it's just one of those things where like this this comic book maybe. I mean, it just shows the intensity of this comic book. Like, it really is a fucking thriller, bro. <laughs> like, it really is. Holy shit. So, so he goes on to see things like, in, in the labyrinth, he goes on to see, like, games playing play with him. And one of the most cruel ones was his parents. Yeah. That was fucked up. That There's no fancy words for that one. That was just fucked up. And as you're seeing right now, if we showed the video, but if not, in the scene, he sees his parents from afar and he goes up closer to them and he says, mother, father... And his parents are like, Bruce, my God. And essentially, like, he's looking at them with such a crazy face, like, no way this is real. Like, even though I know it's not real, I want it to be real so bad. And then his parents say, well, we're blind, so we can't really see you. But is it really you, Bruce? And he's like, yes, it's me. And they hug. And as soon as they hug, his parents just basically get imploded from the inside out. And an owl comes out and scratches Bruce in the face. It's fucked up, man. That's some dirty (laughs) tricks type shit. And uh, then he gets stabbed by the talent. 
in the stomach. He gets stabbed by the Talon, and it seems like all hope is lost for Batman. That he's finally going to give in to uh, defeat. But he's able to get a second wind and able to fight back and defeat the Talon. Hell yeah. And he's able to blow a hole in the floor to escape the labyrinth finally. Yeah, man. I think that the way the, um, he blew the hole in the floor was dope because it goes to show how much detail Scott Snyder puts into it. Because earlier there was a camera and even through all the horror that he was facing, he noticed that what the camera's makeups are, like the actual physical makeup of the camera, had this like, let's say just chemical compound that would ignite the granite all around him. Basically saying like he, even through his torture, he saw if I use the camera's makeup, I can blow up the walls of this area, right? If I'm not mistaken. And I thought that shit was really cool and a lot of detail. Yeah, it adds a lot of detail to it because it really shows that no matter what, Batman is always one step ahead. Always, always. He's always one step like, ahead. Even when he's at his worst, even when his mind is being fucked, no condom raw, he's thinking, I'm going to find a way out of this. I have to die to not find a way out of this. You know? Yeah, he he says, uh, for example, I know that this place, the taste of the water and the fountain, the minerals were near the river. I know the base of your big, ugly fountain. It's cough, white marble, mm-hmm. not construction marble like the rest of this place, which makes it softer, more vulnerable to, say, explosions. Mm-hmm. And you know what explodes? Potassium chlorate when it when it ignites, which is why I supplied, which is why I slipped out the supply of filament plates from your camera before and that's when i took my hat off to scott snyder and i was like this motherfucker had to write a story within a story within a story you know like he had to write the initial story then the talent then the labyrinth then the specifics of the labyrinth all inverting out to what gotham is in general that's fucking crazy bro (laughs) that's so much thought and just you're not a regular person when you're thinking like that man you're fucking (laughs) wild and I, I thought that shit was cool as shit, man. It, it was pretty incredible. I remember the first time I read that and the pages started to flip. I remember texting my cousin yeah. and I was like, is this okay? <laughs> I was like, is this legal? Yeah, man. Like, is this, I, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong right now. <laughs> and then, and then he finally escaped, right? Then he finally escapes back to the he back. He finally cave gets out. I got two questions for you about the back cave. Okay. Um, one, well, before he gets there, right? They talk about, what happens to a dying man in his condition of dying, right? And I have a quick quote right here. It says, legend has it, if a dying man resists the visions, resists the pull towards truth and journeys back to the land of living, he might find himself greatly changed upon return. Meaning, I think back into the ancient Greeks if not, or something like that, they were saying that when somebody is dying, the, all the truths of themselves are unveiled to them just so they can die with the peace of knowing who they really were, right? Okay. But if somebody was to survive their inevitable death they would become one of the greatest living beings because they would change for the best in themselves if they're true to themselves if that makes any sense okay so um that's just something i thought that was really great because i love the philosophy they get out of that i heard today um from a good friend joe a good friend joe <laughs> he said that um when i when we were talking about the story if I had, you don't know joe you're you're fake as fuck <laughs> facts <laughs> <laughs> And, and what Joe said, um, I t- he was talking about the story we mentioned in the last podcast about me seeing the lady dead in the flushing mainstream, like that. Uh-huh. And we were saying that sometimes you just see things that remind you how 
how human you really are and how much there really is an end to all this. And he said that there was a philosophy to that. It was called Matamoros or something like that. That may okay. be, I may be phrasing it wrong, but what it is is basically a reminder of your death being real. Like you may be caught up in living in this life where it's so nice and you may be Jeff Bezos living the best life ever, but even Jeff Bezos has to die. You know, and when you like, if Jess Bezos with the CEO, like his closest fan member hit by a truck, right? And he's reminded that not everything is can be bought, not everything can be earned through luck or whatever. That death is as real as being born. Yeah. So I know that's a little tense, but my two questions about the Batcave <laughs> is: What is the dinosaur in the Batcave? Because it's a dinosaur in the Batcave, like a statue of a dinosaur. Yeah. And when he returns, when he goes to Alfred, even though Alfred knows his Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne says the password is Fairbanks. What are what is Fairbanks? If you know, I don't know if you know that or not. I don't know. It was just cool to me because I was like, because even even for somebody as sophisticated as Batman and Alfred and all that stuff, to like genuinely remind Alfred, he's like the password is Fairbanks. So if you know Instagram DM Earth Mind and Matter, we could just Google it after. It doesn't really matter for Instagram. <laughs> but do you know what the dinosaur is? The dinosaur, uh, I feel like I knew at some point in time. Yeah. I want to say- Then you the call COVID. <laughs> 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 I, wa- I want to say that uh, it was the Riddler controlled a dinosaur at some point in time. Got you. I, I I feel like that's what it was. I could be wrong, no. completely wrong. But fuck it, it's a thought, you know what I mean? I just had those little thoughts within this whole scenario of things because God- Damn, this shit crazy, bro. I mean, the big penny in the Batcave, I, I know, is about Two-Face. Oh, yeah? Oh, because yeah. he flips a coin and shit like she that, He flips right? a coin. She. <laughs> All right, so now we're to the point where Batman has escaped and he's made it back to the Batcave. He's got it on the Batcave, but the Court of Owls watching the whole time. They're like, that's fine. It's no big deal that he killed one of our talents because we got plenty more. Exactly. And they didn't even, they, they were like, should we resuscitate the talent that's dead? They were like, no, let him be in this defeat because... He doesn't really matter. You know, we have, again, you said we have more. And Bruce gets back to the Batcave and Alfred's all freaked out and Bruce is all freaked out and stuff. And when he gets in, he finds a talon in the Batcave and And he's he's like, no, what the fuck? Right here I have in. And and, And Alfred has to hold them to make sure like Bruce doesn't freak the fuck out. But he's looking at him like a child would look at a. You know, fake monster, you know, like it's not really causing you any trouble, but Bruce is scared because he knows the capability of this dead person, quote unquote dead person. Yeah. And the fucking uh, Alfred tells him, you know, it's all right. He's dead. And they find out that this is one of the deceased grandparents of of Dick Grayson. Yep. And we're here with the picture of um, him slapping the shit out of Nightwing and and to fall to, to like fill in the story, like Nightwing is saying, hey, like. Well, why was he? He was just basically pressing Batman, right? He was pressing him and yeah. stuff like that. And, and then Bruce Wayne smacks him. And the reason he smacks him was to unveil that Nightwing has a tooth, right? That resembles the talent, no? Yep. And what this tooth is, is basically what's marked of an owl. And um, let's see. Basically, I mean, basically they're related in that he was supposed to be what the talent is now. Yeah, he was supposed to be a talent. Mm-hmm. If Bruce never adopted Dick Grayson, Dick he Grayson would have become a talent. Jesus Christ. And yeah. And that that's how that issue goes about. And mm-hmm. it's it's a real shell shocker because it ends with fucking Court of Owls just descending a All bunch of talents onto Gotham. Yeah, man. And and I know, like, for the most part, this last segment, we just kind of recap the comic book. And thankfully, we have some images to show with you. But I hope it translated well, because 
this story was intense and and just again like back to the whole fire truck thing like it made it made Batman look like that fire truck I saw there in that museum. I've never seen Batman in that condition ever, and nor do I think any movie would dare go that far because <laughs> it would just destroy what Batman is. Because again, when I wrote earlier, this this didn't make me scared for Batman. I was scared with him, and yeah. that's like being scared for. You know, God, like you know what I mean. Like I know it's crazy, but it's just like you know, Batman's supposed to be ever winning, ever. Batman ever. is God. Yeah, Batman is God, and I was like, damn, bro, but God, I guess he can't do it all, you know, because those talents are crazy, motherfuckers. So I'm just super excited. Like I want to read more of this, and having the copy in my hand was way better than having the digital copy. The art is yeah. to be appreciated, but it's something different about holding that book in your hands and. And seeing that shit in person and the turn of the pages, you know. You know, I because I I've seen plenty of of enough of panels from Scott Snyder, and Greg Capullo, where mm. they talked about where when they first worked together on this book that that they didn't get along, mm. that they kind of butted heads, gotcha. but. The pages turning was one of the first points in their careers where they finally locked hands. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was Greg Capullo's idea where he was like, well, what if this happens? And Scott Snyder said, yeah, that's really cool. Well, let's do it. And DC said, no, that would be confusing. It would confuse the readers. And Scott and Greg tied hands together and said, no, we want the book to be this way. And, and the cool thing is that when I was reading the book, like almost naturally, I turned it sideways again imagine you're reading a book with both your hands to your left and right and then you have to turn the book where your hands are up and down that's the way i could i know people don't understand horizontal and vertical that easily so like you're holding a book like you're holding the bible <laughs> you have it left <laughs> and right and then, and then you turn the bible like 180 right or whatever like you turn it sideways it's like you're holding a scroll like 90 you're holding a scroll now right and and i naturally was able to turn the pages with ease even though even when i turned it sideways i was like which way is next but I knew to turn the right way. I don't know how. It could have been just like luck. But I, I returned the right way every single time. So they killed that shit. Because it was amazing. I've never read a comic book like that, ever. You it know? confused me the first time I read it. I actually turned the page the wrong way Look the at first that, time. see? Exactly. The, I turned the page the wrong way when it was upside down. I was mm-hmm. like, ah, <laughs> ah. And I got confused. Yeah, man. But it really immerses you because Batman it's is confused just as, as confused too. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And... And I think that's really that's something you can't you can't do with the digital copy, like you said. And for me to read that shit physically, I was like, "This is awesome, man!" And I was just amazed by the artwork, the the effort, the storyline, just the the effort to make a storyline come true to a point where you're impacted in every single way. You feel just as confused as Batman. (laughs) That was cool as shit, man. Yeah, and they they introduced Batman in the New Fifty Two like this. Yeah, man. They really put Batman on his knees, and literally, it, it worked. Yeah, it like Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's and Jonathan Glapian's run on Batman mm-hmm. of the New Fifty Two is one of the most well written runs in comic history, hands gotcha. down. If you liked Volume One of this comic, you'll like every other volume past that. It's 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 an amazing comic written from beginning to end. Oh yeah. And if you had a chance to check it out, that's fucking amazing. And if you've <laughs> never ever ever read a comic book relating to any of the superheroes, take my word for it for somebody that's literally never read a DC comic book in their life, like fully, pick this shit up. Take like two hours, <laughs> three hours of your life, immerse yourself, and you'll see what the fuck we're talking about. Like I hope what I really hope is that somebody, 
I mean, I hope real fans that have read this are like, yeah, I know what the fuck. I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. But I hope the people who have never ever read this, they're they're like, what the fuck are they saying? Like, what <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about? I hope they're like, hey, let me let me go check out the book real quick, read it, then come back, and then be yeah. like, holy fuck, volume one of was it Batman, Batman Court of Owls? Court of Owls was crazy, and this is not to be cliche, but fuck a movie. This I would not want this to be a movie because I think they would just ruin it. They would ruin it with edits and actors and da da da. And nah, man, this is what it's about, man. And I'm excited to read volume two and the rest of it because nice. It I was got awesome. them for you, boy. Don't yeah, yeah. you worry. Once again, I got got <laughs> nice, man. So I'm happy we got through that, man, because it was it was really fucking cool to talk about that shit. And yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Listen, that's all I have to talk about today. Yeah. I'm sorry it has to end here, yeah, man. but all beautiful things have to come to an end. Facts. And, and we keep it going. We keep it fucking going week after week after week. Week after, after week, week after week yeah, after man. week after week after week. So overall, right? So this was what was happening in our minds. Whoa. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the rest of it. So, overall, this is what was happening on Earth. In our minds. And why it mattered. I'm Frankie. I'm Javi. And this is Earth, Mind, and Matter. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Good night, morning, afternoon, whatever. <laughs>